Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. And I especially wanted God to deal with Dave. I wanted Dave to be nicer to me and not play so many sports. And, you know, all the stuff that we don't like. We always want everybody to give up what we don't like, right? Yeah. Amen. Amen. If I don't like that, then you need to give it up. And I still I remember exactly where I was at in the house. We lived in Summer Lake. I was on the steps, and you walked by, and I said, I just wonder, has God been dealing with you about anything? Because I really felt he needed to be dealt with. this kind of blank look on his face he said well I don't think so and that stuff used to make me so mad but see I understand now and I want you to understand today God doesn't want you worrying about anybody else come on God doesn't want you worrying about what he's doing with anybody else because when it all comes down to it you're not going to have to answer for them Self-control. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. It's a process, isn't it? And you know what? I'll be honest with you. I don't think God cares at all that we haven't arrived. He just wants us to be pressing on. We won't arrive as long as we're in this fleshly body. Paul said, I've not arrived, but one thing I do... I'm pressing toward the mark. And I'm so proud of you because you're pressing toward the mark. Even if you're sitting at home and you watch the program all the way through, I'm proud of you that you didn't turn it off because I was talking about self-control. I mean, it's easy at home to get rid of me. It's harder in here. You want to get rid of me at home? All you got to do is just... However, you might find me on the next channel, too. Second Peter 1 3 for his divine power has bestowed upon us all things that are requisite and suited to life and godliness so get this his promises his power his promises have provided for us everything that's necessary to live a wonderful life And then the next sentence is important, and it comes through the full personal knowledge of him. You can't have what God wants you to have based on your grandma's faith. You can't have it because you've got a pastor that really knows God. <laughs> it has to come through full personal knowledge of him, and you know what that takes? Time. us to what? His own glory and excellence. 
You know, glory is the manifestation of all the excellencies of God. We all want to see the glory of God in our lives. We want to see His excellence. And He wants to show us His excellence, but He also wants us to choose to be excellent. Boy, there's so much of that lacking in the world today. So much of it. I've just been dealing with a situation, and this goes on all the time in the world today, and it's so different than the way it was even 50 years ago. You know, 50 years ago, I mean, the majority of people, even people that weren't Christians, generally kept their word. I mean, that was just something that people just did. It was the honorable thing to do. You, you kept your word. And people who owned businesses, I mean, they did a good job because they wanted to get business again. And they, if they had an appointment, they showed up when they were supposed to be there because they wanted you to choose them again. But today, people don't seem to think that they have to earn your business. It's almost like they're doing you a favor by standing there when you come into the store. You want me to get off the phone and wait on you? Really? So I've been dealing with a situation at a, a furniture store where over the years I've spent a fair amount of money. And um, at this particular store, they, when you buy furniture, they provide you with a decorator free of charge to help you get it all in the right place and, you know, do all this stuff. And so in the process of that, she recommended a few things that I wouldn't have thought of. And so I ended up spending a little more money, which I'm sure is part of their plan, but it worked on me. And uh, she did have good ideas, some, some things that I thought, yeah, that is going to look better. And so long story short, uh, I had to leave. I was going out of town and she was going to send me the information by email, the rest of the information I needed. Well, months now have gone by and I have texted three different times telling her I've never gotten the information. Each time She'll come back, oh, I'm gonna, I'll send that to you by Wednesday. Oh, I'm sorry, I'll send it this afternoon. Oh, I'm really sorry, I had an emergency. I'm, I'm thinking, you must live in emergency. <laughs> and finally, I just thought, I ain't messing with this. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to do that. And it is so frustrating when people steal our time. And I know you feel the same way. It's so frustrating when people steal our time because they don't want to make the choices to do what they should do. And I, this is just my personal encouragement to all of us today, and I'm reminding myself as well. If we are going to call ourselves Christians and put bumper stickers on our car and wear crosses around our neck and carry big Bibles and go to conferences, can we at least try to do what we say that we're going to do? I mean, that would just be the very bottom line of where we could try to start, is just keeping our word. And you know, my mouth still gets me in trouble. I say that I'm going to do things, and then later I think, why did I say I was going to do that? I do not want to do that. But I'm committed to keep my word, and so I'll do it, even if I don't want to. And hopefully I learn the next time to think a little bit more before I open my yapper and say that I'll do it. I mean, even little things like, yeah, I'll call you, we'll go to lunch. Half the time, we're just trying to get rid of somebody. <laughs> oh, I'll call you back this afternoon. We need to do what we say that we're going to do. And if we're not faithful in little things, we'll never be made ruler over much. Little things. 
Amen? Come on. Amen? What else do I want to say to you? Oh, I cannot leave this out. 1 Corinthians 6.12. Everything is permissible, allowable, and lawful for me. But not all things are helpful and good for me to do. And expedient and profitable when considered with other things. Everything is lawful for me, but I will not become the slave of anything or be brought under its power. Isn't that a great scripture? So here, here's the bottom line of what I'm telling you today. You can do whatever you want to do. But every choice that we make brings with it some kind of result. And the good seeds that we sow today, we may not see a harvest for a good while down the road. But you're going to have the satisfaction of knowing that you did what you believe that you should have done. There's nothing worse than knowing that God's trying to get you to do this and deciding you're going to do that and then being miserable inside because you know you didn't do what you're supposed to do. I hate that. I hate that feeling in me, and I hate it bad enough that it's worth it to me to make every spirit-filled effort that I can to try to do what I believe that God wants me to do. Amen? Let me say again, real freedom is not the liberty to do anything that you want to do anytime you want to do it. It's the freedom to not have to if you know that not doing it is going to actually be better in the long run than if you did it. Come on, everybody give God a big clap today. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind, a spirit of discipline and self-control. Everybody stand up. Say, I have self-control. I make good choices every day, all day. No matter how hard it is right now, I want to benefit later on. Father, I pray for everybody here, myself included, that each of us got something from what you spoke to us today. And that each of us will have at least one area that we can put before you where we can begin to improve and come up higher. Not because we have to, but because we want to. You already love us. We can't earn your love. We can't earn your favor. But we want to do everything we can do to glorify you. And we want to please you in all of our actions. In Jesus' name. Well, you know, a lot of people think that if you're going to operate in self-control, then that means that you can't do everything you want to do. But actually, self-control helps you be the person that you really want to be. So it's actually not a bondage, it's a tremendous freedom. And you know what? You already have the spirit of self-control in you, and it will grow and grow the more you use it. And God will help you if you want to do it the right way. Well, today we're offering you four hours of teaching on CD called Living a Life of Total Freedom. 
I mean, who would not want to be completely free in every area of your life? And today we're offering it to you for your gift to the ministry of any amount. We just ask that you do the very best that you can. You know, we do this occasionally because I want to make sure that everybody who loves the Word and needs the Word has an opportunity. And I believe that those of you who can give more will, and that will help make up for some of the people who can't give as much. Remember to have a great day because God said He would never leave you nor forsake you. Life has its difficulties. They can hold you back, but only if you let them. With God's help, you can break through and enjoy a life of freedom. The truth is, is Jesus has already set us free from everything. But it's what we believe that determines how we're going to live. In this four-part series, Living a Life of Total Freedom, you'll learn how to lean on the Holy Spirit, make better choices, regain joy, and fulfill your destiny. For your gift of any amount, you'll receive this teaching on CD or digital download. I like the word freedom, don't you? Start living a life of total freedom by calling 1-800-727-9673 or visit us at JoyceMeyer.org. Thank you, friends and partners. Together, we're sharing the love of Christ around the world. To find out more, please contact us or visit us online at JoyceMeyer.org. Join us in partnership as we share the love of Christ around the globe. The proceeding was paid for by the friends and partners of Joyce Meyer Ministries. As a new year approaches, GBN wants to help you and your family experience God's Word in a fresh and exciting way with the story. This innovative Bible presents the scriptures in a chronological, narrative format that reads like a best-selling novel. Your understanding of the people, places, and promises of the Bible will come alive during your personal time with God. And right now, it's our thank you for your gracious end-of-year gift to TBN. And in appreciation for your gift of $100 or more, we'll also send you our Hope and Grace mug set. Plus, as a special bonus, a copy of Billy Graham's insightful and inspirational book, The Reason for My Hope. As you read Dr. Graham's book, along with the Story Bible, your hope will be renewed as you more fully understand God's grace and steadfast love for you. And in gratitude for your generous end-of-year gift of $1,000 or more, we'll include this beautiful Joshua 2415 Scripture Shield. Made of thick, tempered glass with embossed artwork in silver matte, this 12-inch decorative art piece comes with its own display stand and will boldly declare your household's faith and trust in the Lord. Take a moment now to call 800-201-5200 or go securely online to tbn.org slash giving to share and request your copy of The Story Bible for your gift of support or The Bible plus the Hope and Grace mug set and Billy Graham's book, The Reason for My Hope for your gift of $100 or more or the Joshua 2415 Scripture Shield, the mug set, Billy Graham's book and The Story Bible for your special end-of-year gift of $1,000 or more. Our world needs Jesus more than ever. Join TBN to carry this message of hope and grace to the lost and hurting. Make your special end-of-year gift today. Call, click, or write TBN. And have a very blessed and happy new year. Coming up next, Creflo Dollar Ministries. Join the dynamic leadership and teaching. 
This is the Trinity Broadcasting Network, celebrating the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. This program is sponsored by the partners and friends of Creflo Dollar Ministries. Welcome to this special edition of Changing Your World, celebrating the joy of the Lord at Christmas. Coming your way, we pick up with more laughter from some of Creflo Dollar's funniest moments ministering. And you'll get another opportunity to get a full collection of these memorable moments shipped right to you. Plus, Creflo Dollar continues with more revelation on the effects of praise. When your praise, when it is genuine, you get lost in it. You're no longer focusing on what's going on around you. And that's the power of thanksgiving and praise, that it causes you to focus on the promise more than you focus on the problem. It becomes genuine. It becomes an expression of, of fellowship with Him. And you're so lost that you're not even thinking about, hey, we need a pair of shoes. And look, you got a light bill too. Even got a gas bill too. I'm not even thinking about that. I have found myself in His presence. All that and more is ahead on the special edition of Changing Your World. But first, a revolution. Domination of man over woman is the result of sin. Jesus came to restore the dominion that the enemy stole in the Garden of Eden. If it was a certain gender, they were treated differently. When we began to open up our minds and not be limited by the traditional roles of women under the law. How many of you know the law is dead? We are not under the law, ladies. We are under grace. Bye. <laughs> 
You're listening to Stingray Music. Season bright, 
So it's kind of like once um, once Makia finishes her play, I got to decide if I still want to drive all the way up there every day. Ah, uh, I got you. I got you. That's what you are on a trip off of. Well, dude, you know, we do what we got to do. True. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking of how any business you got to wait the pros and the cons of it, like, uh-huh. is it, you know, does it benefit me to drive all that way? Yeah, the wear and tear on the car and all that. Come on, let's call. Hold on one second. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's funny. Let no distractions come on the call. Hold on a second. <laughs> <coughs> That's funny. <coughs> Uh, 
I'm going to try to deal with these bugs before I deal with that. I'm trying to maybe to bum the house today. Oh, Grace and His mercy, 
were coming through. And one of the keys is going to him first. Yes. Going to him first and seeing what's going on with his agenda. What's this? And then, Lord, how do we deal with this? How do we deal with that? You know, I, I'm, you know, I, I'm looking at my situations. One, one, one week difference. <laughs> you know, but the key is going to Him and trusting Him, and it's, and He's been proving Himself. But if we get caught up in what we think, how we feel, who said this and who told us that. And, and and when we go to him and we seek him, then we got to trust him. He said, the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. When he told me to do this, then I got to trust for it to work itself out. I got to trust for the, the deliverance, the healing, or the outcome to be favorable. And, and I got to stand. I, I can't get caught up in my own emotional seat because, uh, you know, we have our own emotions, let alone everybody else's. And, you know, we got to tell ourselves to shut the hell up sometimes. What did I tell you to do? Sometimes you got to talk to yourself like that. I know I do me. I ain't going to lie. Mm-hmm. You know, and you just got to just, you know, how you see in the movie somebody come in and slap somebody and make them. Sometimes you got to slap yourself. <laughs> Hey, hey, you know, I mean, because when you find yourself losing it, and what do I mean by losing it? When you find yourself trying to get off of the path that the Lord has told you to walk. (laughs) When you find yourself getting upset or overcome by the things that's in front of you, the negative situations, the bad reports, the the, the people in, in authority in charge you saying this this ain't going to work. <laughs> <clears throat> when you're looking at all that, and I'm going to say this, and you're trying to trust God, and I say you're trying because you're, you're going through the reality of the struggle. You're going through the reality of, of, of this ain't easy. You're going through that reality. And you got to shake yourself. And you got to make yourself do what God... Is this what God told you to do? Is this the path he told you to walk? These are still... Okay, and then then when you really start to waver, you look back and you say, did it work out then? Did it work out that time? Is it the same God? Mm, mm, mm. And would he would he lead me astray? He had me do it and back then, and it worked out. So I gotta trust him for it to work out this time. And then even if I even if I got to do a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and if it don't work out, if he don't deliver me, it ain't because he can't. It's because he's got a better plan, and I gotta trust it to the end. Do you know how much the devil don't want you to get that kind of attitude, that kind of faith, that kind of walk? Come on now. See, that kind of walk. Let me tell you, let me tell you, that kind of walk in and of itself. You don't have to run out here talking about Jesus as Lord because you're living it. You're living it and it's radiating and it's, and it's, and it's permeating. 
And when you go into a situation, a circumstance, that situation, that circumstance changes. Because that's what God's doing in your life. He's growing you up in that kind of steadfast, unshakable, unmovable, girded up faith. But see, he's doing it in him. And what I mean, in other words, this ain't the path that he you set out to do. You just find that you've been walking this path because you've been communicating with the Lord and he's been growing you up and then you're finding these things happening. This ain't the course that you set out on. But you're finding that God's got you. He's got your back, your front, your up, your down, your top, your bottom. <clears throat> And because he set this path, he set this course, and you make a choice that you want to choose to continue to walk, it's altering your life and anybody that comes within your six degrees of separation. Huh? Ain't that what you said, girl? Yep. Mm-hmm. Because people want to know, how are you making it? How, 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 how do you, how does your situation turn out to how, how do you, I don't even know how you do what you do. And you just put your hand up, girl, hmm. <laughs> if you really want to know, we have to sit down and talk. Because, see, most people, they just want to, you know, you don't even have to gauge them conversation. And, you know, just it's Jesus. <laughs> it's Jesus. And keep moving. Because, see, if they really want to know, then they'd have to sit down. Let me, let me explain some things to you. Let me show you some of these recipes and some of these formulas. Because it ain't just I'm going to jump up and run and do this, that, and the other thing. No, it, 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 no it's, it's, a, it's a set plan. It's a set way. We don't set the way, though. And see, that's what we, we're learning more and more. We don't set the way. We don't choose the course. We make a decision to say yes. We make a decision to submit. We make a decision to follow and to trust continuously. Like I told somebody yesterday, diligence. Doing it when it feel good, doing it when it feel bad. Diligence. Being persistent. Diligence. Consistent. Persistent. And letting God form, transform, develop whatever needs to be done. Trust him in, in the process because it is a process. It's not an overnight thing. It's not an overnight thing. Mama can't do it. Hazel, come out the way. Amen. Yeah. I'll put it downstairs. Come on, cat. Go downstairs. Go. Go on downstairs. Go. Go downstairs, Faith. Go. Go downstairs. Oh, you shouldn't be so crazy. But Father God, continue to grow us up in the path and in the way so we can continue to develop. So you say you are the author and the finisher of our faith. Mm-hmm. Mm. The author is the one that's in charge of the story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The author is the one that, that, that say this is the plot. <laughs> this is the thing. 
this this is the way it's gonna start. This is the way that it's gonna finish. <laughs> Wait a minute. The author is the one who says I'm gonna pin the characters that are gonna be involved. Come on now. <laughs> Get it or go shit it a I'm gonna put everybody in this play that needs to be involved. I'm the one who's gonna create and come up with it. I'm the author. In other words, the author's got the power. The power in the pen. What is he the author of? He's the author of your faith, of my faith, of everybody else's faith that's listening. Everybody's faith who's not listening. He's the one that's ultimately in control. Even for those who think that they got it on control all themselves, they got it all together. Even those. Because when it all boils down to it, he's, he's the HGIC. He's the head God in charge. Shut it up. Oh, Lord, we think we got it again. We think, no, yeah, really? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just, because he's allowing you to walk in your fleshliness, he's allowing you to walk in your foolishness, your selfishness, and he's allowing you to think that, yeah, but see, when he really decides to do what he needs to do, then you find out you don't in charge of nothing. You don't run nothing. Like 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 you said, waking up in the morning, he blesses us. But how about waking up in your right mind? He can say, you know what? I choose to wake you up, but I'm choosing for you to wake up insane this morning. And there's nothing you can do. I choose to wake you up, but I choose to wake you up, and you won't be able to move. And what can you do? Nothing. He runs this. So it's up to us to get in line and in this dispensation, in this time frame, to, to get in line, to discover who he is, to seek him out, and then to begin to align ourselves up with his path that he wants us to walk on, with the course that he set, with his covenant purposes. Because this is the thing, he said, this is the path that everything is going to go. This is the covenant that I have established, and I will fulfill it. So now, those who choose to follow my path will be blessed and blessings to many others. That's, 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 that's what it boils down to. So you can go ahead and do your own thing and create your own story, and uh-huh, as much as you think that you are. <laughs> or you can choose to submit and let God grow you, develop you, transform you, and do all these things in your life so you can become the man and woman of God he called you to be, and you can fulfill not only your destiny but his covenant purposes. And that is my prayer. Amen. Amen. So they had me chase the cat downstairs in the basement. Why do they open the basement door so the cat come right back up here? <laughs> Dude, I thank you for the sanity, Lord. <laughs> and then the cat looking at me like, uh huh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please! That's the that's the that's one of the lower ones on the totem pole around here. 
But you know what? I'm thankful. And, you know, sometimes I have to force, like I told Felicia, sometimes I have to force myself to realize that I'm thankful and that I'm blessed. Mm-hmm. Worse mm-hmm. it could be. Absolutely. Even, even even in my agitation and my frustration, I, I force myself to just shut up. <laughs> shut up. Mm-hmm. Like yesterday, we um, went to do one thing and ended up doing multiple things, but I, I felt thankful that I was allowed to drive them around and show them the things that I've been talking about, and they were able to see the things mm-hmm. I'm fighting for and with and you know, and, and it's, Lord, it just really felt good. I was just really thankful. You know, so mm-hmm. it, it's so much different. So, I, so I look. I understand. <laughs> I understand. Mm-hmm. And then he gonna fuss with the cat. Uh-huh. Mm. Uh, anybody want any prayer before we start on these lists? I had a good visit. Thank you for the pre-prayer and the, the blessings. Thank you for that. Talking about with your fam? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, I did. I did. I sure did. So I just wanted to thank God for that and and, and the prayer yeah. and me going in with, with God first. Amen. It, it was good. Amen. That's a beautiful thing. Yes, it is. Yes, sir. <laughs> most certainly is. That's same way. I had, I had to go to the bank and I had to involve them. A lot of times I do stuff without them, but I had to, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and you never know which direction my mother's going to go. <laughs> but yeah. it, it, it turned out to be good. She wanted to pray for yeah. me. We did and the same thing. It, it was smooth sailing. All I can say is thank you, Jesus. So I, I relate. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. So on that note, I'm going to head on off and um, continue to pray and continue to grow in God, just as you said, and shut up about stuff, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And look, that's the struggle. (laughs) That is the struggle. That is the struggle. And you know what? I was in a meeting with my supervisor, and because uh, we got a new one, and it's, it's these touch-based meetings and see how things are going. And I told her, because uh, one of my bosses wrote in my review that she noticed I'm I, I'm very upbeat. I always have a positive attitude and don't get get involved in the office gossip. So I was telling my supervisor, she said, "Do you have any complaints?" I said, "Well, look." I said, I know this is not um, politically correct as far as what's supposed to be discussed in the office. I said, but I decided I don't want my 11-day journey to be 40 years. So on that note, she looked. I said, 
it, I'm talking about when Moses freed the Jews. <laughs> I said an 11-day trip turned into 40 years because of murmuring and complaining and being ungrateful. I said, so, so oh, that's an interesting approach. <laughs> <laughs> you okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so... Whatever I have to say, God can take care of that. Yeah. If I had some legitimate, um, just, right, that'd be different. But just to be sitting up there, why? You know, I just, I'm just so just don't. I just don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just don't, because yep. he's in control. I feel you. Yeah. So, thank you, Jesus, for that. Thank you for the growth. Thank you for the continued growth. Yeah. And I'm um, just constantly seeking his face in all things. And do I miss the mark sometimes? Yeah, but I get back up and I keep on praying and I keep on trusting. Yeah. All right, now. Sir. Yes, sir. So you guys have a great day. And uh, kiss Felix the cat for me. <laughs> <laughs> And enjoy the rest of your day. All right. All right. Bye bye. Bye. All right. Anybody else got anything? Okay. I guess we'll do these lists.
Pray for Morgan Farley. Yes, she'll go run to go say she'll 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 run run to go say she'll go say she'll go run run she'll go start a kada. Run she'll go say she'll go start run to go say she'll go start harasaka sakra. Courtney Collin Brandon. Hush she'll go say 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 she'll Nick Brandon Holly Samantha Hushin go say she 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 go say Brandon's kids. Hush it go say she 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 go say she
Ben's kids and grandkids. Hundred are going to the gun 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 to the Arthur's children, who should go fish, you go fish, you go fish, you go saga, who should go fish, you go fish, you go fish, you go saga, who should go fish, you go saga, sakara. Derry Jackson, who should go under the gun to 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 um, Benny Freed, Ben's kids and grandkids, Brandon's kids, Ebony Pearson, Derrick Jackson, Suicide Girl, and Arthur's children. Okay, that's everybody on the list. Everybody else on the back of the list. Should go run to the gun to the gun to run to the gun 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 Somebody say something? No, 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 no. I was more than I was sorry. I didn't mean to disturb you. I was yawning. Oh, 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 oh I forgot because you, you, you're doing your, um, I can't even think of the name of it. Since you're on vacation, you know. <laughs> you better say what you're supposed to say when you're supposed to say it. <laughs> no, but I've just been incognito. Well, you know, hey, it's all good. I understand you don't get opportunities to do that often, so take advantage of it. Yeah, I felt Erica came across my spirit, so she don't say nothing until later on in the day, and then it got kind of a little bogged down. I'm alone, yeah. Okay. All right, no problem, sir. My boy, too. I the move family. Who should have run to the gun 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 to the Randigosishigosaraga, Conwell 
Shiraga Sakura. Amanda. Rombarandi again, did 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 Lady on Cottage Grove, Randy go say she 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 go Dwight and Jimmy McCombs, Randa go say Asaka, Sakara. Monique, her rounded go station go station, rounded go station of Asaka, her rounded go station go station, rounded go station of Gasada, Rasa, Sakara, Teresa Walker. Horoshid go station of rounded go station, Roshid go station, rounded go station, Dak, Hoshid go station of a station of a station of a station of a Saraga, Sakara. Tyrese, Hoshid go station of a station of a station of a station of a station of Saraganda. Hoshi go say she 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 go Titi, Go say she 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 go say she
Eugene Rogers, you under the gun to 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 the Bonita, hush it, go say, she'll 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 go Egan Lavinia, Listen, Noah Horombo shitted the Kosakan Rashid Gosishi de Shidaka Sakra. Markeo Hushid Gosishi 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 Gosahandiragasa Sakra. Angie Randra Shid Gosishi Shan Rashid Gosada Hundred Gosishi Gosi Harandaka Sakra. Donald Trump Rashid Gosishi 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 Gosaga Hushid Gosishi 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 Gosaka Gosishi Gosishi Gosaga Sakra. Belinda, Brandon Allen, The Jenkins family. Who should go say she 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 go Saraga? Who should go say she go say she go say she go Saraga? Saragasa, Sakara. Busting family. Only the Gondi Gandhi 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 the Gondi My business, yes, you go say, she go say, she go say, she go say, she go saga, Rosa, Sakara. Erica's business, hush it, go say, she go say, she go say, she go say, she go saga, Sakara. Erica's church, hush it, go say, she 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 go saga, Sakara. Michelle Crockett, hush it, go run, go say, she go say, she go run, Rosa Ganda, Sakara. Vanessa, hush it, go say, she 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 go saga. Margaret Low. Push it go station to go station to go San Rana go station to go station Randaka, Sakara. Gilma College. Push it to go Randa Gilly to go station to go Randa Gilly to go Saka, Sakara. Punch Jim is not Commissioner Ah. 
see who should go say 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 should go Lani, hundred going to the gander, 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 share a gasaka, shake a station of gasaka, shagasa, sacrande, sacra. New Legs Academy, who should go say, should go say, should go say, should go run the gosaragasa, sacra. Lisa Brown, hundred go say, should 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 go say, sacra. Tony Agner, Haranda Gosation under Russia Gosandra, Yugosation Ragasa, Sakara. Maria Matha, Shishi Gosation 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 Hajj Junior, hundred going to the Gander, 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 going to Rose Johnson, honey, to go to the gander, going to the gander, going to the gander, go rush you to go say, she to go say, she go saga, sakra. Reginald Foss, Rose Johnson. Reggie, Donald Luster, hush you to go say, she to go say, she go say, she go say, she go saga. Hush you to go say, she go say, she go say, she go saga. Hushaga, saganda, she go say, she go say, she garaka. Sakara. Della Karanda, Hush, you go say, she 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 go Sarga. Hush, you go say, she go say, she go say, she go Sarga. Hush, you go say, she go say, she go Sarga. Shirgasa, 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 Shirgasa. Haragandi, go say, she go say, she go say, she go say, Sakara. Okay, you got Rosen has watching. Hush, you go say, she the Granda, go say, she the go Sarga, 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 Sarga. Hashira Gosasha Gasa Sakra. Reginald Foss, Rose Johnson, Donald Lust, Dale Lacaronda, Hushida Gosasha 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 My parents hush you to go say she 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 to go say gadaka. Hush you to go say she to go say she to go say she to go say she to go say gadaka. Hush you to go say she 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 to go say City of Atlanta, hush you to go say, she 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 to go say,
mastermind group. Who should go say 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 Okay, that's everybody on the list. So well, let's go to Marky and Charles II. Who should go say, should go say, should go say, should go say, 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 go Margin Charles second and myself. Who should go say she go say she go say she go so raganda? Should go da sakra. Anybody else in the back of the list? Who should go under the gun to the gun to the go to Randa Gasaraganda? Oh, did it go to the Koshida de Kondasha? Yet it will conda sakarande. Should go say she go say she did the car? Haradasa, should a candidagas and didigasa, should a gasa, should a gasa sakra. Amen. Um, got this other list. The crack house. Rush to go say she 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 to go she to go say she to go say she to go say she to go say she Sosaka Sakra and Illuminati. Yonder to go to the Gander to go to the Gander to run to the position of Randaka Sakra. And do everybody else on the back of the list? Nope, didn't do that. Run to the Gosation to Gosation, Moki to Gosaka Sakra. All righty, now that's my poor list. Well, Mr. Richards is on. He can go ahead and pray for his list because he's been incognito. So uh, now that he decided to grace us with his presence, you want to go ahead and pray, Mr. Richards? What list? Damn. <laughs> you said what? <laughs> Damn. What list do I have? Uh, the, the unsaved, sir. Hmm. Yes, sir. <laughs> I thought you had did it all while you were speaking. Oh, oh my God. I thought you had done it all since you were speaking in tongue and everything. <laughs> <coughs> now, yes. Dear most gracious. Dear most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord God, we come, Lord God, before you, God, just to say thank you, Lord God. Thank you for the dawning of a brand new day. We thank you for the revelations, Lord God, that you have given to each and every one of us. We thank you for the stirring in the spirit, Lord God, how you have called us to be a part of this fellowship, Lord, to just to come and commune with you, to sit down and to sup with you, Lord God, and to abide by every command and every word that you have placed in our hearts. 
us. Thank you, oh God, for opening up of our ears, Lord God, so that we can hear. Thank you for opening the lattice of our eyes so that we can see, Lord God, the discernment, Lord God, that you have given us, Lord God. Father God, as we pray, Lord God, we just pray, Lord God, that you would give us the power from our high, Lord God, to stand in the gap and pray for those who know not that we're praying for. So, Father God, I want to lift up those who have not yet confessed their lives, Lord God, or given you their lives, Lord God, who have not confessed Jesus as their Lord and their Savior, Lord God. Father God, we know that Jesus is the Emmanuel, for God is with us. He is the soon-coming King. So, Father God, we ask that you would stir up in their spirits, Lord God, that they're that they they need to, Lord God, show them where they need to lean and depend on every word that comes out of your mouth, Lord God, for your mouth would not, for your words that come out of your mouth would not return to you void. Lord God, we ask you, Lord God, to, just to change the hearts of man and their minds and their ways of thinking, Lord God. Harden not their hearts, Lord God, but soften them, Lord God, so that they will give their lives over to you. Father God, let them know that there's a fullness of blessings and joy and peace and healing and, and wholeness, Lord God, within you, Lord God, if they would just turn their lives over to you, Lord God. But this world is going through trying times, Lord God. We're going through a transition of powers here in the United States, Lord God, where man is going about their own deceptive devices, Lord God. And they're not leaning and trusting on you. But, Father God, we know that that's because they have not yet given their lives over to you, Lord God. So, Father God, we pray, Lord God, that the heart of man will be turned over to you, Lord God, and that it will be softened, that they will just accept Jesus as their Lord and their Savior, that they too will be saved, Lord God. And as we know those of us who have already given our lives over to you and those who know and trust in you, Lord God, already know that the fullness of the joy that you have given us, Lord God, how brand new blessings and mercies are given to us each and every day, even though we are not so deserving. But because of the love that you have for us, Lord God, you have already forgiven us of our shortcomings. So, Father God, we ask that you just give in the hearts of man, Lord God, that they would just lean and kneel, Lord God, and yield themselves over to your spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Have you done churches and congregations? Because I'm compelled to pray for them this morning. Because I do know you remember the church right there at Stillman um, St. Paul Baptist Church. you talking right about the there. one that's actually on the campus? Yeah, yeah, right next to Brown Memorial. Mm-hmm. We get the words that they had to lock they're a preacher up out of the church within a day or two. So, um, Father God, right now, Lord God, I lift up all churches and congregations, Lord God, that they would just pray, Lord God, and seek your face and your will and your way, Lord God. But, Father God, we, I'm told, and this isn't just what it was in street talk, but it has been confirmed that um, church doors are being shut in the pastor's face, Lord God. I don't know why or what, for what reason, that this has, uh, you have allowed this to happen, but Father God, you are the shepherd of that church. You are the spirit that moves within every household of faith. You're the one who has established the churches, Lord God, for us to go and worship. The temples have been built, Lord God, by your word, Lord God, according to the fashion that you have given unto man. So, Father God, let your word be taught in that church, Lord God, even as they seek, Lord God, a new leadership, Lord God. I pray that if he will be ordained and appointed and anointed by you, Lord God, and not by man, not because 
because of favoritism, not because of nepotism, but because you have seen that he's worthy to shepherd that flock, Lord God, that he will lead your people into the path, uh, into the right path, Lord God, that they will not stray from it, Lord God, but they will lean and, and build, Lord God, by the spirit that you have given to that household, not only for that church, Lord God, for every church that opens up in the name of Jesus, Lord God. We pray that your unadulterated word, Lord, will be preached into that those places, Lord God, that man's spirits and their souls will be fed so that they can be better people. They can come and learn more about Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior, about your will and your way and your precepts. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You know, it's kind of ironic that that very church there, and that's long before your time, because I was still in middle school where when I met you, I was in middle school, so it don't mean, well, it was probably during your time when, when Reverend Billups had that church. Yeah, you were there, and they removed him from there, and they removed him because he was using the church to sell his, he was a street pharmacist. First of all, he was a street pharmacist. <laughs> all righty then. So, so he, 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 he went on up to Ohio. And so, uh, but he used to be a teacher as well. And it's just amazing how man has taken the household of God and just turned it into a den of thieves. And well, the word already said that anyway, so it's not so amazing. It's just that when your eyes are open to see what is going on, you'll know exactly what is, you know, what is being taught in these households of faith. And the way that man has gone by their own deceptive devices and things of that nature. And even as I share with my cousin, I asked her about it, and she was talking about their minister, how he refused, you know, he's Methodist and you have to meet all these different quotas and blah, 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 blah for conferences. How he has, you know, asked for everyone else to, that that are receiving salaries to, take a lesser bite other than himself. It's just amazing how people do what they do. I don't know. God is calling for true people, true worshipers, and true believers. And it's just amazing. Mm I agree, sir. I agree. We got deceased in hospice, abuse and addiction, sick and shut in. 
all that lovely stuff. Okay, I got you. Hmm? Morning, Arthur. I thought I was looking. Is that the Felicia or the Lisa? That's Felicia. Felicia. Felicia, I just love it. Come on with it, because I love to hear her. Her mouth out of the words that it, that God has placed upon her lips is just so beautiful when she speaks so eloquently in the spirit. I love you, Arthur. <laughs> I love you, Sufi. All right, Father. Uh, you said we have deceased and hospice. Yep, deceased and hospice congregation churches. Well, he did congregations of churches, sick and shutting, abuse and addiction. Okay. All right, so Father God, we come right now for those who are sick and shut in and in hospice. And we come for those who are abused and addicted as well. All of this is Father is dealing with the body. And you formed our body. You know what we are dealing with. If we can name it, you are above every name. And so, Lord, we come against cancer, we come against diabetes, tumors, growth, heart attacks, stroke. We come against high blood pressure, low blood pressure, anemia, arthritis, osteoporosis, anything dealing with the brain, Lord, the thyroid, the kidneys, the liver, the heart, the lungs. Um, the, the anything, our bones, the ligaments, the joints, Lord, you, you are above any name that the doctors can put to an illness, a pain, or whatever that's doing with the body, Father God. And we apply the blood of your son, Yeshua HaMashiach, because it's by his stripes we are healed. And by our lips and our testimony, we can we can claim, we can claim, and we can have the authority to bind the hand of the enemy against any illness, sickness, disease, infection, or plague that has to come against us. And so, Father God, we just speak right now that none of those things that the enemy tries to come against us with shall prosper. We might have the we might have the the symptoms, but Lord, once the symptoms begin, you will go through and you will burn off everything that is against the body as long as we abide in faith and abide in you. Lord, where our mouth may cause us to stumble, where our mouth may cause things to get out of control, treat us like Zacharias and humble our tongue. Lord, make it so that we can't speak our illness into existence. We can't catch a cold. We can't catch a fever. We can't catch cancer. But we can bind it by our tongue and say, cancer, you got to go. We and and right now in the name of Yeshua, that that plague has been in this world for too long, and the body of Christ has been claiming it. And Father God, let our tongues. 
stop claiming that thing which the world is holding on to. We don't have to have cancer. We don't have to have thyroid issues or blood issues or sickle cell or anything dealing with the body. We need to start walking into our authority that you gave us when you said it is done at the cross. And Lord, as we grow in maturity in you, let us start saying those things, speaking those things that are not as though they were, and applying your name to that which is being named in our lives. It doesn't matter if it's in the bloodline. It doesn't matter if mama had it, daddy had it, granddaddy. It can stop with us and help us to walk in that truth and authority, oh God. Help us, in again, in our unbelief that the system of this world has tried to ingrain in us that you no longer heal, that you no longer set free or deliver. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You have said that, and you said in your word, your word shall not return unto you void. And so <laughs> we stand on the authority of your word. And when we don't do the precepts that you have set up for your word, show us. Show us what we need to do to trigger and activate your word in our life. If it's something to do with our unforgiveness or our depression or where we are speaking those things out, Lord, show us so we can change for our good and for your glory. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen. Amen. Oh. Oh. Yes, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, it is done. Yes, yes, yes. We got a sermon in that one. Thank you, God. Mm -hmm. Mm, Thank you, God. Yes, yes, yes. Um, what else we got to pray for? We get unsaved, shook and shut in, congregates in churches. Uh, we got deceased in hospitals, abuse and addiction, prisoners and missionaries, pressure to ministers and the families. Okay. Um, for that, those who are being abused, Father, we come for those who are being abused. Because they don't know what love is, oh God. And they feel that that which they are receiving is love. They feel that that which they are receiving is all that that is there. That they don't deserve better, that they don't deserve more. But God, you, you can show what unconditional love is like. There was a song out years ago that said, I want to know what love is. And I want you to show me. But that was the world. Oh, that's how we drive. You don't see me coming. Okay. All right. All right. Um, <laughs> okay. Thank you. But you can show us what love is really like. You can show us what abiding in love is like. It says that the man is supposed to love his wife, his girlfriend, his significant other as he loves his own body. 
and for that man or a woman to put their hand on that significant other shows that they have no love for themselves. The Lord help those who are abused and being abused, those who are abused, the abuser and the abusee, show them what love really is, oh God, so that they can unbind themselves from their current situation. They can stop the the the, uh, the generational curse and cycle of abuse that's in the family, in the bloodline, and the generation. And Lord, we just thank you for the deliverance that will take place. Let someone come across their path today that will plant that seed of what love looks like. Let them see it. Let them hear about it. Let them feel it, whatever they need to have, oh God, to just start the process of renewal. Let it be done. Be your glory for the good and your gifts to our prayer. Amen. Amen. Um, For those who have lost loved ones, Lord, we pray for them right now. Anytime we lose a loved one, no matter how close, it could be a it could be a relative as as close as a mother to a friend to an acquaintance, but that person had some kind of impact on their life for them to feel the loss of God. And so let them be able to reflect on that person's life and the positive effects that they had. And Lord, we just thank you that in advance you will give them comfort, you will give them peace, so that they will not be discouraged or depressed as they think on that loved one that they that has been that has been that has passed on, Father God. We just thank you. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen. 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 <laughs> All right. What's left? Prisoners, oh, and missionaries. Uh, prisoners and missionaries. Prisoners and missionaries. Okay. All right. So, Father, we come for prisoners first. Come for prisoners. Those who are in prison. Spirit, soul, and body. Father, they are bound by their past. They are bound by transgressions against the law of the land. Whatever their reason of bondage, oh God, imprisonment, Lord, we speak right now that, um, A lot of them are bound and don't even know it. And Lord, we just, we pray for them right now. We pray for them right now. That they are set free and delivered as only you can do it. 
And then there are those who, Father, are are not even they're they're bound physically and mentally, and they are seeking to be set free, and they are clinging to things that are not holy, that are not of you. They are trying to empower themselves on that which the world has said will empower them, but the only one that can give us power and authority and freedom in spite of what our physical is, is you. And so, Lord, to grab hold of those that are behind prison doors, oh, God, grab hold of them as they seek out spiritual strength and physical strength, oh, Lord. Let them not be bound by the religion that has been increasing in the land. Help them to discover the spiritual and mental freedom that can only be found in you and your word. So, Lord, we thank you in advance for them. And those who are innocent, Father God, let them find liberty. Let them find that judge and that attorney that is willing to relook at their case with new eyes and with unbiased opinion and see the discrepancies and the lies and whatever else that needs to be seen for that person to be set free physically as they pray, as they seek your face and turn from their wicked ways. In Yeshua's name we pray, amen. We pray for the missionaries, oh God, those who are on the front line and in the United States as well as abroad, oh God. They have been called by you to go to the highways and byways, oh Lord. Everybody is not meant to be a street pastor. Everybody is not meant to be a podium minister, but there are those who are meant to go, and you have them being, there's a one-on-one. That's a missionary. It doesn't have to be when they speak in front of many people, but a missionary is somebody who you call to go out and speak about you. We're all missionaries, emissaries of Christ. We declare who he is based on our testimony. That one person that we were born to talk to, we might be born to talk to one, a thousand, or millions, but whatever, we are born to talk to somebody about you. And so, Lord, just watch over the missionaries that can continue to speak the truth as they set free, deliver, heal those who you bring across their their presence, oh God, for your glory and for their good. Let me assure you, pray, amen. Amen. And one last one. Father, this year is almost over. Hmm. This year is almost over. And every year it has been pointed out to me Every year is the same towards the end of the year where deaths occur constantly. 
constantly sudden, violent sicknesses that seem to have turned around and then they turn back around. Father God, we come right now. And we we pray the Passover prayer. We pray for a prayer of Passover, oh God. Spiritually, we apply the blood of your son, the greatest sacrifice, the best sacrifice. We apply his blood over the doorposts of our home. Yes, oh God. Over the doorposts of our eyes and our ears, oh Lord, in the physical and the spiritual realms, oh God. And we pray, oh Lord, that the spirit of death pass over. We speak, spirit of death pass over our households as we do this for not just our home, but our family's home, our friend's home, and our seven degrees of separation. Father, wherever you give us the authority, we cannot overstep our authority. So wherever we have authority over, oh God, we are by, we, we are applying the blood of your son on the doorpost so that the spirit of death passes over. Sudden death. Sicknesses with, that start off, oh, it's when a doctor says everything is okay, and then something happens accidental and violent death. Lord, we speak that we shall only see death upon the expiration date that you have given us, not by the hand of the enemy, but by your expiration date. And so what your will is for each and every one of our lives, oh God. But if it's not so, let the spirit of death pass over our homes and our families' homes and all of those we have authority over. And we thank you that we go into the new year with praise on our lips and thanksgiving in our heart because of your grace and mercy. And then we assure you pray. Amen. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Would you pray that that million dollars is coming to me appear quickly? (laughs) To us. To us. Now, I don't want just a million. I want the tens of millions, the hundreds of millions. <laughs> but let me do this here right quick. Father God, you have kept us, Lord God, throughout our ages, Lord God, through the time from our birth up until now. And even as we near the ending of uh, this year, Lord God, and we get ready to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Father God, we want to just thank you, Lord God, for allowing us to be able to fellowship and commune throughout 2016 together. And we pray, Father God, that your holy hand will be upon us and will usher us into a new year, Lord God, with the same expectation, Lord God, with the same due diligence, Lord God, that you have given us, Lord God. Let us all be able to meet each other into 2017 without any accident, incidents, or any Death, Lord God, coming upon to our household, our families. Let our faith not be wavered, but let it be strengthened more in you, Lord God, that we will have a zeal, a desire, Lord God, to seek your face each and every day, Lord God, for every direction you will have us to go, even for every step, Lord God. We ask, Lord God, that you will order it, Lord God, every praise, every prayer, every song, every speech, every word that we utter from our lips, Lord, will be edified and glorified and appointed by you. 
you. Let us do the will that you have called us to do. Let us not be weary and well doing, for we know, Lord God, the scripture teaches us that we will reap in due season if we fake night, not. So, Father God, we ask you, Lord God, to let the new year come in, Lord God, with nothing but blessings upon all of our heads, upon Sam's head, upon Felicia's head, upon Lisa's head, or Erica's, or Maria and Maria Maria's head, and Sherry's head, over Pam's head, over Renee's head, and all the other parishioners, Lord God, that come upon this call, over Miss Burhead, Lord God, all of those who have joined, and I know not their name, but Father God, include them into the cycle, Lord God, where blessings will fall upon them all, and let it fall upon those, Lord God, who are the least of these, Lord God, those who are, who are homeless. Lord God, those who were seeking jobs and wondering how they're going to have to pay their bills. But, Father God, let them reflect and know it's not by their own doing or their greatness, Lord God, or their goodness. It's by your mercy, Lord, that you have sustained us. Let us be able to come into the new year, Lord God, praising and glorifying your name, for you have not left us, Lord God. Your word teaches you will never leave, nor will you forsake us, Lord God. Let all our needs be met, let us be made whole in our mind, body, spirits, and our souls. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. All righty. Y'all on a roll this morning. Roll, tight roll. Yes, 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 yes. Good morning, everybody. Hey, I have a question. My question is? How many people saw what happened in Egypt? I mean, they got a snowstorm. You got a snowstorm? Yeah. And that's a desert. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> but do you, hey, remember who created the snow? He lets it, he rains on the just and non just, so he sends his weather wherever he desires for it to go. Exactly. Um, it was Hawaii got snow, and Egypt got snow. So wherever you are, if you want to put a finger on you, he can get to you, he got access. Well, it's just, it just, but you know, that's to open the eyes of man, to let man know that he's God and he don't need permission to do anything. That's right. He just, he just sit it where he wanted to be. You uh-huh. know, so and that and that that this might be his way of letting people know that the great I am is still in charge. That's right. So let it be done, Father. You gonna praise your forward. Pastor Mark was in um in uh um e not Egypt Africa. One of the wish doctors. Something happened. And he prayed and it started snowing. Snowing. I think that happened. I remember something with the weather and the, and the wish doctor came out there. Who are you? What are you doing? Pastor Mark said he just looked at him like. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Well, I'm trying to remember the scripture uh, for where one of the prophets went out and he did what God told him to do, and then because it was a drought, 
And when, since he was obedient and doing what God asked him to do, they wind up getting rain. Elijah. Yeah. Elijah. Uh-huh. And that's five. I think it's found in Isaiah. And in fact, that's what, what, where I'm reading it now. But, um, oh, God. I'm fighting with Ahab and Jezebel. Elijah, Ahab, and Jezebel. Because he outran the chariots. Anyway, I know it was the three of them because he went. Yeah, he outran the chariot. The king had already went there, and Elijah outran the chariot and got there before him. And then he prayed that the drought be ended. I think that, was, that might have been the time he went and hid in the cave. I don't know. Anyway, I know I know it was Elijah, Ahab, and Jezebel. Knock out the rest of the list since y'all did all of the original ones. I guess I do the other ones. Um, let me see something. Hold on one second. Well, I can do it while I'm doing this. Okay, Father God, Yeru to go sell Randy to go say she to go say she to go say she to go say she to go Saraka Sakara. Let me pray for discernment. Who should go say she to 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 go Saraka Sakara. Knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Who should go say she to 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 go Saraka Sakara. Financial breakthroughs and turnarounds. She should go say she to 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 go Saraka Saradasa Saragasa. Haradasa Sadaka. Peace is surpassed all understanding. Hushida Gosishida 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 Sakara. Walking in the realm of the supernatural. Hundred of Gunda the Ganda the Ganda the Ganda the Ganda the Ganda the Gosishida 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 Sadaka Sakara. Okay, walking around the supernatural. Peace past growth and I guess and I prove she should go say she to 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 go say Growth and I guess and the fruits, peace of discernment, she's not walking around supernatural, knowledge was my understanding. Grace, mercy, and favor, yes she to go say 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 she to go Financial breakthroughs and turnarounds. Shanda the Ganda 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 the
Suck it out. This is a god. Okay, so we got Walking Realm Supernatural Peace, Growth and I Guess in Our Fruits, Discernment, Knowledge, Well Understanding, Financial Break This Turnaround, Ability to Persevere until the End, Um, Supernatural Superhuman Strength, Um, that might be it. Health, healing, restoration. Shinder, the gun, the gun, the gun, the gun, the gun, the sakra. Renewing our mind, shinder, the gun, the gun, the gun, the sakra. No, na you, Roshi, the Gosishi, the Gosishi, the Gosishi, the Gosishi, the Granda, Sakara. Praying for you, Hushi, the Gosishi, the Gosishi, the Gosishi, the Gosishi, the Saga, Sakara. And I think that's it. So, I will figure out how to do this, but I think. So, I think that's all that the list of sisters says. All right, well, that's all of this, so I'm going to send out this message, and we get ready for the reading. I'm gonna have to really look. I know I got some, but where's it at? Let me unplug that.
even though he's able tonight. Come on, continue to worship him. Hallelujah. He's able tonight. He's able.
Enjoy Stingray music free on your mobile.
was a child that was born there. He is King of Kings, and He's Lord of Lords. He will come.
music. All good vibes.
He can do it. 
Rambo go say the go run brand the go say she the go run the go say she the go say she the go say she the run rush the go say she the go say she the go say raka. Rambo go say the go say she the go say she the go say she the go say she the go run raka. Brand the go say she the go say she the go run run the she compose the run raka. Go run the go say she and rush the go say she and run the go say she and run the go sataka. Oh, yes, 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 Father God. As we continue to press on in you, Lord. Continue, Holy Spirit, to open us up. Continue, Father God. Yep, yep, yep. Yes, Father God. It's your grace. It's your mercy. It's your favor. Thank you, Father God. Amen. Amen. All righty. We enter into such blessings. Two elements are indispensable. First, reckon yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. This is the essential of faith. When God avows that our old man was crucified with Christ, we believe his word and reckon ourselves as dead. How then do we die? We reckon ourselves as dead to sin. When God affirms that we are resurrected with Christ, we give shuku, Father God. Okay. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. When God affirms that we are resurrected with Christ, we again trust his word and reckon ourselves as alive. How then do we live? We reckon ourselves as alive to God. This reckon is none other than believing God according to his word. When God says, I, when God says our old man was crucified, we count ourselves dead. When he insists we are made alive, we reckon ourselves as alive. The failure of many lies in the desire to feel, to see, and to experience this crucifixion and resurrection before trusting in the word of God. Mm. The failure of many lies in the desire to see, feel, and experience this crucifixion and the word of God. These do not realize God has done it already in Christ, and that only if we will believe his word by reckoning that what he has done is true. His Holy Spirit will give them the experience. Spirit will communicate to them what is in Christ. Mm. Let me read this part again. Do not realize God has already done it in Christ, and that if only they will believe His word by reckoning that He has done, that reckoning what He has done is true. His Holy Spirit will give them experience. In other words, we got to believe that it's true. Then we'll have the experience. Again, this is a walk in faith. This is spiritual. we got to believe that it's true first. Then we have the experience. Too many of us are waiting on the experience to believe it's true. Second, neither yield your members instrument of unrighteousness and sin, but yield yourselves to God as alive from among the dead, and your instrument, members' instrument of righteousness to God, 6 and 13, is essential of consecration. 
If we persist in holding on to something what God wants us to relinquish, sin should have dominion over us, and our reckoning should be futile. If we fail to yield our members as godly instruments of righteousness to speak and do what he desires and go where he directs, should we be surprised that we are not yet delivered from sin? Whenever we refuse to relinquish or we refuse or we offer resistance to God, sin should return to his dominion. Under such circumstances, we naturally lose the power to reckon is to leave God. Somebody got a lot of background noise. I'm going to read this part again. Second, neither yield your members instrument of righteousness sin, but yield yourselves to God as alive from among the dead and your members instruments of righteousness to God. This is the essential of consecration. If we persist in holding on to something which God wants us to relinquish, sin shall have dominion over us, and our reckoning shall be futile. If we fail to yield our members as godly instruments to righteousness, to speak and do what he desires, and go where he directs, should we be surprised we are not yet delivered from sin? Whenever we refuse to relinquish or we offer resistance to God, sin should return to its dominion. Under such circumstances, we naturally lose power to reckon, that is, to believe God's words. And our ceasing to exercise faith and to reckon, can we still be said to be positionally in Christ? Yes, but we are living, we are living no longer in him according to the sense of abide in me mm, of John 15. Accordingly, we are unqualified to experience what is factual in Christ, even our crucifixion. Now, we may infer from any defeat of ours that it is due either to lack of faith or failure to obey. No other reason can suffice. Conceivably, a defeat could flow from both these reasons, if not from both, then from one or the other. We ought to learn how to live in Christ by faith, never seeing or thinking ourselves outside of him. Learn to believe daily that we are in Christ and that whatever is true of him is true of us. Likewise, through the power of God, we must learn daily to keep our consecration unspotted. Count all things as refuse. For there is nothing in the world we cannot relinquish for the Lord and nothing that we should want to keep for ourselves. Let us be disposed to respond positively to God's demands, however difficult or contrary to the flesh they may be. For God, no cost is too high. Anything can be sacrificed if only we may please him. Let us daily learn to be obedient children. Had we so reckoned and so yielded, we would now be enjoying what the word of God has manifestly declared. Sin would have no dominion over you. Alrighty. A Christian enters a decidedly hazardous period of his life upon coming to know the truth of co-death and experiencing something of freedom from sin. If at this juncture he receives good instruction and permits the Holy Spirit to apply the cross to himself in a deeper way, he eventually will reach spiritual maturity. But if the believer is content to view his experience of victorious life over sin as an apogee of attainment and forbids the cross to contravene his soul life, then he will abide in the solical realm and mistake his solical experience for a spiritual one. In spite of the fact his old man was dealt with, the believer's soul life remains untouched by the cross. 
The will, mind, and emotion will therefore continue to function without any check, and the result, his experience is confined to the realm of the soul. What we need to know is how far such deliverance from sin actually has affected our being, what is touched, but also what is has not yet touched, which should be. More especially, must we understand that sin has a very particular relationship to our body. Unlike many philosophers, we do not consider the body intrinsically evil, but we do confess that the body is a province of sin's domination. In Romans 6 and 6, we find the Holy Spirit describing our body as the body of sin. For it is nothing but that before we experience the treatment of the cross and yield our members to God as instruments of righteousness. Sin has seized our body and forced it into servitude. It became sin's fortress, instrument, and garrison. Wherefore, no designation is more fitting than that the body of sin. A careful reading of Romans 6 to 8, which tells of deliverance from sin, will uncover not only what is the relation of the body to sin, but also what is God's perfect salvation in releasing our body completely from serving sin into serving him. In Romans 6, the apostle sets forth these statements. The sinful body might be destroyed. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies to make you obey their passions. Do not yield your members to sins as instruments of wickedness. Yield your members to God as instruments of righteousness. In Romans 7, God uses Paul to speak of the body in the following terms. At work in our members, I see in my members another law, making me captive to the law of sin which dwells in my members. Who will deliver me from this body of death? In Romans 8, the pronouncements of the Holy Spirit through Paul are very plain. Your bodies are dead because of sin. You give, will give life to your mortal bodies also through his spirit which dwells in you. If by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live, the redemption of our bodies. From these passages, we can begin to discern God's particularly concern toward our body. God is aware that the body is sin's special sphere of operation. Man has become a slave to sin because his body is sin's puppet. But the moment his body is disemployed from sin, the person ceases to be a slave. A man thus free from sin actually experiences the liberation of his body from his power and influence. The purpose in crucifying the old man is to release the body from its dominion of sin. With the old man, sin's partner crucified, and the new man taking his place, sin's power over the body is broken, because without the cooperation of the old man, sin cannot directly use the body. It must be emphasized that to be delivered from the power of sin merely means to have our body liberated. Of course, our perfect redemption, which also includes the deliverance from the presence of sin, lies in the future. Not yet dealt with is the life of, of the soul upon which we will lean. If we consider victory over sin as life on the highest plateau, then we are most foolish. We are accepting the annulling or withering of the body as life supreme, but ignoring the fact that over and above the body of sin stands a natural soul which requires as much dealing as does the body. A believer's spiritual odyssey is bound to be shallow if he only knows the body unemployed. Wonderful as that may be, but fails to experience the soul life denied. Mention was made earlier of the active self, a soul engaged in the work of God. The body may be withered, but the soul remains quite active. It may express life, it may express itself in many different ways, yet it invariably centers upon self. Believers who live in the soul incline towards either will or mind or emotion. They may even shift in their inclinations. But though outward appearances may differ, the inward clinging to the soul characterizes them all. Those who are disposed towards volition will walk according to their own delight and refuse the will of God. 
Those whose propensity is toward mine will, those whose propensity is toward mine will order their way according to their own wisdom and neglect to receive with quietness the guidance of the Holy Spirit in the intuition. While those whose natural disposition is emotional will seek for pleasure in their feelings, whatever's one's bent, each will view his tendency as life supreme. No matter the direction of the inclination, one thing is common to all such people. All live in themselves. All live in what they naturally possess before believing in the Lord, whether talent, ability, eloquence, cleverness, attractiveness, zealousness, or whatever. In principle, soul life is natural strength, and manifestation its expression is either by stubborn or yielding, or by self-conceit, or by seeking pleasure. If therefore a believer lives by his soul, he will draw naturally upon his reservoir of strength and will exhibit a particular strength in one or more of these ways. Unless a believer offers his soul life to death, he shall cultivate that life, incur the displeasure of God, and miss the fruit of the Holy Spirit. All righty then. Mm. Well, let's get ready to go through this again. How should we enter in such blessing? Two elements are indispensable. First, reckon yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. This is essential faith. When God avows that an old man was crucified with Christ, we believe his word and reckon ourselves as dead. How then do we die? We reckon ourselves as dead to sin. When God affirms that we are resurrected with Christ, we again trust his word and reckon ourselves alive. How then do we live? We reckon ourselves as alive to God. This reckon is none other than believing God according to his word. When God says our old man was crucified, we count ourselves dead. When since we are made alive, we reckon ourselves as alive. The failure of many lies in the desire to feel, to see, and to experience this crucifixion and resurrection before trusting in the word of God. So, how should we enter in such a blessing? We reckon ourselves as dead to sin and lie to God. And so he's pointing out this is faith. Why would we want to be reckon ourselves as dead? Because we need to come to the realization that in our body, in our flesh nature, there's no good thing. Again, all this is what, what God says. So we need to come to that point of understanding and acceptance that our bodies are cursed. Our flesh is cursed. There's no good thing. So since we have to still live in this body, how we live in this body is what determines how our walk will be. So what we need to come to the understanding is if our body is cursed, then our body, if our bodies are dead, then sin will not have any power of us because once you're dead, you're dead. So we're dead because we are crucified with Christ. That has already occurred. It's not going to occur, but it has occurred. We are in him and he is in us. He was pointing this out yesterday. So if we reckon ourselves as dead, our bodies as dead, then we're dead to sin and sin has no power of us. And that has to be a faith thing. And that's what he's going to point out later on. <clears throat> we have to believe it and accept it in faith first before we can actually have the experience. So, Jim, the question. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a question or a statement. So we've been we've been learning it wrong all the time. <laughs> you know, they say, "Oh, you gotta pick up your you know pick up your cross and 
crucified the flesh, but the thing is that we're alive in Christ. Our flesh has already been crucified in Christ. Already. So now yeah. we're living in we're living in him, he's living through us. So we don't have to crucify anything. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. We so, gotta that is it's a it's we have to walk in it, but we need to recognize that it's already done. Uh, what did she say? She basically said, we've been learning it wrong, that we talk, talk about we have to pick up our cross and crucify our flesh. But what we have to understand that where our flesh is already dead. It's already crucified because it occurred with Christ. So that's, it's already a done deal, but it's up to us to walk in it. Exactly. Okay. Got it. The failure of many lies in the design. Now, this 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 is why we miss. Failure of many lies in the desire to feel, to see, and to experience this crucifixion and resurrection, or trust in God. These do not realize God has already done it in Christ. And that if only they would believe his word by reckoning that what he has done is true, his spirit will give them give them the experience. His spirit will communicate to them what is in Christ. That's that's why we miss it, why we're getting backwards, because we want to still feed and experience this crucifixion first. But we have to believe it and accept it, then it will come to us. But again, that's again this whole way that we learn and our program on the natural. So again, that's just the way things are in the natural. So we literally have to undergo a retraining, a reprogramming to walk correctly in this faith journey. As you know, in Isaiah, it says he was bruised for our iniquity, the chastisement, the punishment of our sins was upon us. So the thing is, everything that we're trying to inflict on ourselves, we already went through it. That was the whole point. And so when he said it is finished, that's why he said, um, now there is therefore no more condemnation. We're not supposed, once we give our lives over to him and say, Lord, come live within me, Holy Spirit, come dwell with me, then it's, like you said, we have to work it by faith that everything that's in me has been expunged. Our record is clean. Our spirit is clean. Our flesh, now we need to choose to bring it under subjection. But the thing is, if we don't choose it, it will not be so. That's where the devil gets us because we're like, oh, and that's what the, um, the grace and mercy is, is being preached so hard. They're saying it's grace and mercy, but you still have to choose not to live and walk in sin. That's the only thing that you have to do. And he says, well, the word says, Stand and watch me fight the battle. The thing is, all he needs you to do is choose. Choose him, and he'll fight 
the rest of the way. Wow. That shines a whole new light. <laughs> And, and, and the thing is that we, we have to change our mindset, our way of thinking, because if he has already taken our sins and, and, and he nailed them to the cross when, and he and they were already forgiven of, of, uh, of we were already been forgiven them even before we even committed them, we have to change our mindset. Like he said, we have to choose. Now, I know if I go out to the store, it's Christmas time, and I don't have enough money to buy these gifts. If I don't have enough money, my thing is that my mind is say, get up and go. You ain't got no more money. You got no business. You don't have no reason of being here because all those who didn't get a gift, hey, so well be it. They have to understand it. But the thing is that if I choose to go out here and pick up this this um, polo cologne, one of my favorites, if y'all just wanted to get me some and then put it in the mail, uh-huh, black at that, um, and knowing I don't have the money to pay for it, now that is to see that if, and if I'm going to lift it without being able to pay for it and think I'm going to get away with it, okay, that's my choice. But the thing is, God, Jesus, Jesus already taken our sins and nailed them to the cross. So if I want to go out there and sleep with um, someone's wife or whatever, or you go out there and sleep with someone's husband, that's on you. But see, you, Robert, you have a choice to make now. Either you're going to make the right choice or you're going to make the wrong choice. Now, and then the thing is, if we decide to continue to live our lives like this by getting our wealth or our material things through sin or even going out there and sleep with someone else, that, 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 that's on us. But the thing is, when we come back for repentance, repentance is given to us. We're forgiven for all of our sins. For where he's, what he says, seven times 70, where we're supposed to forgive each other, that's 490 a day, right? But the thing is, he forgives us all the time. But I, we have to change our mindset. Our mindset has to be, that's what we need to start praying for. Lord, change my mindset from this sinful way of thinking. Because he has already forgiven us so that we wouldn't have to keep coming back and asking him for the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over again. And we do this, you know? Oh, I'm sorry, but I didn't mean to stop anything. Go on, Sam. No, thanks. As a matter of fact, um, give me a minute. I'm about to do something. Did you get him up? Falling. 
would choose him, he'll keep us from falling into that. This is old mindset. He will prick our, our conscience to make sure that we are uncomfortable in committing that sin again and again. Uh-huh. Thank you, Lord. Like you prayed this morning, when you were praying, and um, you were talking about the fact that, um, and you you just spoke, you just spoke that he was moved by a nigga chastised by people on him, and by his stripes we are healed. You said the symptoms might show up, but we got to know that the word of God is never fatal; it would not return to him. Anymore. He said we are healed. So if I say I got a back, although I might have a my back, I can't give in to this pain because the Lord says I'm already healed. So by that's the mindset, we have to stand on that promises that he has already given us and not the ones that we see or feel with through our flesh and nature or see with our carnal eye. We got to work through it in the spirit. So it's, it's, it's interesting. All right, where we at? Second, neither yield your members instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but yield yourselves to God as alive from among the dead, and your members instrument of righteousness to God. This is the essential of consecration. If we persist in holding on to something which God wants to us to relinquish, sin shall have dominion over us, and our reckoning shall be futile. If we persist in holding on to something which God wants us to relinquish, sin shall have dominion over us and our reckoning shall be futile. So he's talking about our reckoning means we, we come in reckoning, we come into understanding, we come into acceptance, we, we recognize that we're dead to sin. But he's saying we're still trying to hold on to something even though we're trying to say we're reckoning that we're dead to sin, then your reckoning is futile. If we fail to yield our members as godly instruments of righteousness to speak and do what he desires, go where he directs, 
Should we be surprised we are not yet delivered from sin? Whenever we refuse to relinquish or we offer resistance to God, sin shall return to his dominion. Under such circumstances, we naturally lose the power to reckon, that is, to believe God's word. And our ceasing to exercise faith and to reckon, can we still be said to be positionally in Christ? Yes, but we are no longer living in him according to the sense of abide in me, of John 15. Accordingly, we are unqualified to experience what is factual in Christ, even our crucifixion. Hmm. If we fail to yield our members as godly instruments of righteousness, <clears throat> speak, then do what he desires and go where he directs, should we be surprised that we not yet delivered from sin? We should not be surprised. We should understand. It's, it's a ba- but it's a battle. It's a, it's a battle. And I, I think that... Um, Understanding that fact that this is a battle will help you to be stronger in faith and walk more surely in Christ. Because, it's, again, it's not an overnight thing. Most of the time when we hold it on something, it's because we enjoy it. Well, that's why the Bible says the pleasures of sin. So don't think that you're going to do this one day or you're going to wake up and reckon this day and then all of a sudden it's going to be over with done. No, it's not. It's a battle. It's a continuous effort. Whenever we refuse to relinquish or we offer resistance to God, sin shall return to us to me. In other words, if we don't want to, God is telling us to let go and we don't want to, or God, we're not doing what God desires us to do, then you're giving sin the position of having power in your life. We're giving sin that position. God didn't. Now, if we choose to line up with God and do what he wants and be where he wants us to be, then we're positioned where God wants us to be at, then we're covered. So it's not Christ's fault. It's ours. Now, we may infer from any defeat of ours that it is due to either lack of faith or failure to obey. Mm. That in itself. Any defeat is due either to lack of faith or failure to obey. So then if we want victory, then we need to increase our faith and be obedient. Defeat, failure to obey, lack of faith. Victory, strengthen our faith and obedience. Make sense to me? No other reason can suffice. Conceivably, a defeat can flow from both these reasons, if not from both, then one or the other. We ought to learn how to live in Christ by faith, never seeing or thinking ourselves outside of him. Learn to believe daily that we are in Christ and that whatever is true of him is true of us. Okay. Right there. We ought to learn how to live in Christ by faith, never seeing or thinking of ourselves outside of him. Learn to believe daily that we are in Christ and that whatever is true of Christ is true of us. 
And that makes sense. If you think of it, I'm, I'm just, as I'm speaking, I'm thinking of this. Whatever Christ accomplished, whatever he did, if he is inside of us and we are inside of him, then his accomplishments are our accomplishments. His victories are our victories. So now we need to have that, that position in our mind as we walk in this walk that we're victorious that, 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 and, and try to line up with that rather than walking in the negativity, the defeat, the lack, again, which at this moment might be true. But if we will walk in faith, then we will experience that which we are envisioning, that which we are confessing. Hold up and switch your phones again. All right. Learn to believe daily that we are in Christ and that whatever is true of him is true of us. Likewise, through the power of God, we must learn daily to keep our consecration unspotted. Okay, catch this. Likewise, through the power of God, we must learn daily to keep our consecration unspotted. You cannot keep your consecration unspotted in your own power. You cannot keep yourself. I think Arthur was just spe- saying something about that earlier. You are not capable. Remember what Jesus did? He did what no, none of us could do. So we're not capable. So it's through the power of God that we keep ourselves unspotted. Count all things as refuse. For there is nothing in the world we cannot relinquish for the Lord and nothing that we should want to keep for ourselves. Let us be disposed to respond positively to God's demands, however difficult or contrary to the flesh they may be. For God, no cost is too high. Anything can be sacrificed if only we may please him. Let us daily learn to be obedient children. Mm. Let us not be disposed to respond positively to God's demands, however difficult or contrary to the flesh they may be. I believe it says in a word that um, I can't specifically remember, but bottom line, talking about the path. He didn't say the path would be easy. He just said it would be possible. And nine times out of ten, I'm going to even say ten times out of ten, when God wants us to do something, it's for our benefit. Though we may not see it or understand it at that point in time. Because we're too caught up in whatever it is that we're caught up in, even if it's our own point of view. But ultimately, it's for our benefit, and God knows best. 
but it's just difficult for us to release that which we want to have, even if the timing is not correct. A lot of times it might not be that he doesn't want you to have it. He just said it's not the right time. You're not ready. Exactly. What was that, that, that play that used to come out, or that sitcom used to come out, Father Knows Best? <laughs> yeah. Well, Father Knows Best. <laughs> and, and just think about it. If the blessing is coming from him, he's going to give it to you in, your, in, in his appointed time when he knows that you're mature enough to handle the blessings that he gives to you. Because what he gives to us can't nothing, the devil and hell can't nothing to take away from us. Amen. Because what I say all the time, ultimately it's about him. Ultimately, he will, he will give you nothing that is going to get in the way of our relationship with him. And, and, and so if we're not ready or it's going to keep us from doing what we need to do to be close to him, then why should he give it to you? Exactly. You could be praying. You could, you, you could want, desire a new car. But the thing is, if he sees that you're gonna idol, you're gonna idolize that car and give the car more praise and glory than you give him, he's not gonna allow you to have it if he's blessing you with it. Now mm-hmm. Satan does have power to give us these things that we desire, we want. But then again, say for instance, I want to be a millionaire. Mm-hmm. Now Satan could give me that million. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, when I get that million, how long will I have that million? But when the Lord gives me that million, I don't have to worry about that million and, 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 and what to do with it or how to use it because he's, his spirit is going to tell me what to do with it and how to handle it, how to bless others, how to worship and praise him for it. And I'm not going to go about my in my own carnal mind thinking, oh, I got this, I did this, I did this. It's nothing that we've done that uh, we required that we uh, we was worthy of, but it was by the blessings of God. Mhm. You know, I was just thinking, and since you said that, I'm thinking of like, 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 like my friend who just got his PhD in physics. And I was talking to him. He said, he said, this Monday, he says, everybody, like, how do you feel? How do you feel? How do you feel? He said, I feel like I'm Wesley. He said, it doesn't make me feel any better. He said, well, then do I need to call you Doctor Sims? He said, no, you need to call me Wesley. <laughs> that's who I am. That's just some for job purposes. Mm. This is nothing that I, you know, I knew I was going to be a doctor because he was already spoken over me from a child. But the thing is, he says, I'm not going to let that get in my way of doing what I'm supposed to do. Right. Amen. Amen. Hmm. I mean, and that that's exactly what we're talking about. He said he knew that he was it was he was going to be a doctor because it was spoken of him as a child. But before he actually experienced that, he had he had to work. He had, he had to do his own part. But he knew, and that's the same exact thing. By faith, he knew he was going to be a doctor, but he had not yet experienced it until he worked it out. And that's exactly what we're reading. We have to believe and accept these truths of the Word of God by faith. Now, before we fully experience them, there's a work that's involved. <clears throat> we have to do. And, you know, and, and, and by his humbleness, mm. even though, and, 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 cause he 
never wanted to go to go back to graduate school, according mm-hmm. to his his work. And he just finished getting his, his master's in engineering. And he was at church, and the president of the university came up to him and asked him, will he apply? Because he had a fellowship and assistantship for him. And, and even his, his his obedience of doing so, there was a little, because Satan tried to throw a snare in it, where they didn't have the money. And so he left the school for about two weeks and came back and started teaching in the public sector. But then again, they or they, they called him again and said, we got your money, we got your housing, everything is set up, will you return? He went. But still in his, his faithfulness to God, he was a worker in his, in his church. He went and fellowshiped with the church up there and started working in that church immediately. And everything he just said, he just saw he saw nothing but the glory of God just running and running and working and manipulating that thing. And show you how God blessed him, even though he defended his dissertation in, in, in August when school first began, and he still was doing his assistantship there at, 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 at A&M, the Lord opened up the door where he could be, and blessed him where he got full-time um, professorship at Morehouse in Atlanta. And the Lord let him work those two things out without the, the school finding out that he was working and making money while they were paying him at the same time. Now, there was nothing but God doing that, and he acknowledges that. See, that's where we just know when we walk according to God's will and his precepts and, and, and trust and believe and recognize the voice of God and be obedient to the voice of God, God will make ways out of no way. That's true. It's just like you say, I'm sick. But then Proverbs, I think it's 18 21, says, life and death is in the power of the tongue, and they that eat. Eat that love to eat the fruit thereof. So you got to know Jesus said, just like Felicia quoted this morning, he said he was bruised by iniquity, chastised, his peace was punished, and by his stripes we are healed. But so you got to confess your healing. I don't care how it comes, it presents itself to you. You got to say, by Jesus' stripe I'm healed. Say that you ain't got no dominion. Step back, step back. You are rebuking the name of Jesus. You got to say it with authority. You got to mean that thing. You got to hold on to that thing. And you got to walk in that thing. You got to walk in your blessing. You got to walk into every word that God says about us. If he says you're healed, you got to, oh, I got a headache. Don't give no, you don't give the, the, the devil no power. The Lord shall heal you. Yeah, yeah, you got to, you got to turn that thing around. All right now. But go on, Sam. All righty. Now we may from infer from any defeat of ours that is due either to lack of faith or failure to obey. No other reason can suffice. Conceivably, a defeat can flow from both of these reasons, and not from both, then from one or the other. We ought to learn how to live in Christ by faith, never seeing or thinking of ourselves outside of him. Learn to believe daily that we are in Christ and that whatever is true of him is true of us. Likewise, through the power of God, we must learn daily to keep our consecration unspotted. Count all things as refuse, 
For there's nothing in the world we cannot relinquish for the Lord and nothing we should want to keep for ourselves. Let us not be disposed to respond positively to God's demands, however difficult or contrary to the flesh it may be. For God, no cost is too high. Anything can be sacrificed if only we may please him. Let us daily learn to be obedient children. Had we so reckoned and so yielded, we would now be enjoying what the word of God has manifestly declared. Sin would have no dominion over you. A Christian enters a decidedly hazardous period of his life upon coming to know the truth of co-death and experience something of freedom from sin. Hmm. This is interesting. A decidedly hazardous period of his life upon coming to know the truth of co-death and experiencing something of freedom from sin. If at this juncture he receives good instruction or permits the Holy Spirit to apply the cross to himself in a deeper way, he eventually will reach spiritual maturity. But if the believer is content to view his experience of victorious life over sin as the atrophy of, att of attainment and forbids the cross to contravene his soul life, then he will abide in the solical realm and mistake his solical experience for a spiritual one. In spite of the fact his old man was dealt with, the believer's soul life remains untouched by the cross. The will, mind, and emotion will therefore continue to function without any check, and the result, his experience is confined to the realm of the soul. A danger, hazardous period of his life. Hmm. If he receives good instruction and permits the Holy Spirit to apply the cross to him in a deeper way. Okay, so first of all, receiving good instruction. Now, how do you go about receiving good instruction? Because you don't know no different. You don't know no better because really... You, you're you not there. So how do you know if your instruction is good or not? And then he says, if he allowed, permits the Holy Spirit to apply the cross to himself in a deeper way. Well, this is the key. Are you willing? That's number one. Then will you allow God to do, to do God, lead God and direct you, and then are you willing to do the work? Because if you really are open, uh, like my pastor said, you think you're looking for truth, truth is looking for you. Why would God keep you keep from you something he knows is going to bless you if you're really wanting and desiring it? But now the enemy's going to step in to try to trip you up. But God will provide it for you. So this is the thing. Just like right now on this line. A lot of the stuff that's being talked about online, ain't, most churches ain't even know when they're touching this stuff. But if you are willing, God will send you what you need. Bookstores, mentors, people, TV, whatever it is, if you're willing, God's not going to withhold it from you. But now you might have to do the work. Well, you're going to have to do it somehow, some form, whether it's read, study, whatever. Now he breaks it down. He said, the Holy Spirit applies the cross. Again, the Holy Spirit is the ultimate teacher. That's his job in your life. He's your mentor. He's your trainer. He will walk, work, do everything that is needed. But you have to say yes. You have to be obedient. You have to be pliable. 
and he will train you. But the difference is, in his training, it's going to be application. You're not going to just read it and say, I got it. You're not going to read and say, I understand. No, you're going to read it. It's not going to make sense. You're going to read it, but it's going to be something inside of you that says, you know what? Hmm. You're going to read it again. You're going to meditate on it. Then something will happen, and then that word will come back to you. You go, hmm. Or something a trigger this, and that word that you're meditating on, you go, hmm. I can kind of see that now. So all of this is the processes that occur in order for you to receive that which God is wanting you to have. So so you go from reading it, not understanding it, to reading it and just meditating on it, to reading it and then going through certain experiences where it now begins to unveil itself to you. Now, all of this is still not a part of you yet. But what's going on, the processes that are occurring is, is, is transferring from your head to your heart, from your soul to your spirit, because you're, you're beginning to see it. It's unfolding itself. You begin to accept it, and it's beginning to become real. But it still ain't part of you. It's going to only come part of you after you've gone through a test. And you're going to go through a test. You're going to go through some type of test where you're going to have to stand on that word. And then once you stand and it word proves itself to be true, then you know, oh, I know that I know that I know now, and it's now part of you, then you go on. And then you probably come back and revisit to get a deeper, deeper, deeper revelation of the same word. But these are the processes that we go through as the, as the word transfers from our head to our heart. And it's the Holy Spirit that takes you there. And if you're trying to do it, then you're in the way. If you're trying to make it up, then you're in the way. If you, 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 then you've missed it. But God is a great and awesome God. He knows us, yeah? So he'll let you get to the end of yourself. So now you can finally get to the point that you begin to accept, you humble yourself. You begin to say, you know what, something like this just ain't, it ain't working. And then you finally say, well, Lord, is there another way? And he says, oh, now I can show you because you're ready. Okay. What we need to know is how far such deliverance from sin actually has affected our being. What it has touched, but also what it has not yet touched and which should be. More especially, must we understand that sin has a very particular relationship to our body. Unlike many philosophers, we do not consider the body intrinsically evil, but we do confess that the body is the province of sin's domination. Romans 6 and 6, we find the Holy Spirit describing our body as the body of sin. For it is nothing but that before we experience the treatment of the cross and yield our members to God as instruments of righteousness. Sin had seized our body, and forced it into servitude. It became sin's fortress, instrument, and garrison. Wherefore, no designation is more fitting than that body of sin. So now he's talking about our body of sin, the actual corporal body. Remember he talked about before the corporal and the um, 
something. In other words, the sin is the is the instrument in which we walk. It's the vessel in which we walk that we feel we took. It's the vessel that connects us to this natural realm. That's how we're connected, this body. And it's this body that we perform the acts of sin, not sin as far as the nature of sin or sin as far as that 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 sin who the, in it, in and of itself, but the acts of sin are performed through this this physical thing of our body. A careful reader in Romans six to which tells of deliverance from sin will uncover not only what is the relation of the body to sin, but also what is God's perfect salvation and releasing our body completely from serving sin into serving Him. In Romans 6, the apostle sets forth these statements. That um, the sinful body might be destroyed. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies to make you obey their passions. Do not yield your members to sins as instruments of wickedness. Yield your members to God as, an instrument of as instruments of righteousness. Okay? That's in Romans 6. In Romans 7, God uses Paul to speak of the body in the following terms. At work in our members. I see in my member another law, making me captive to the law which sin dwells in my members. Who will deliver me from this body of death? And in Romans 8, the pronouncement of the Holy Spirit through Paul are very plain. Your bodies are dead because of sin. We'll give life to your mortal bodies, also through a spirit which dwells in you. If by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. The redemption of our bodies. So in Romans 6 to 8, that right now Paul is talking our body in different categories. Sin, our, our sinful bodies might be destroyed. Let not sin reign in our mortal bodies. Sin is a work in our members. So all of these things are where he's actually talking about the body itself and how it's the point, the center point of sin, how we use our bodies to sin. From these passages, we can begin to discern God's particular concerns toward our body. God is aware that the body is sin's special sphere of operation. Man has become a slave to sin because his body is sin's puppet. But the moment his body is disemployed from sin, the person ceases to be his slave. A man thus free from sin actually experiences the liberation of his body from its power and its fluids. Mm. We are sin's puppets when we... Are slave to sin, or our bodies are slaves to sin. But now, if we rec if we reckon ourselves as dead, then if we are dead because we're in Christ. We accrue, uh, we um, are crucified in Christ. Then, if our bodies are dead, then sin is disemployed. In other words, He has no power over us. We're no longer slaves. The purpose in crucifying the old man is to release the body from the dominion of sin. With the old man, sin's partner is crucified, and the new man, okay, with the old man, sin's partner, crucified, and the new man taking his place, sin's power of the body is broken. Because without the cooperation of the old man, sin cannot directly use the body. I'm going to repeat that again. With the old man, that's the old man, the old nature of the body, sin's partner Old man is not crucified because we're crucified in Christ. The new man is our spirit taking its place. Sin's power over the body is broken. Men, sin has power over the body. 
But now because we're born again and we let our spirits become born again, that power is broken. Because without the cooperation of the old man, sin cannot directly use the body. In other words, before sin was a slave, now your body has to cooperate. That power is broken, but you can still yield. It must be emphasized that to be delivered from the power of sin merely to have our bodies liberated. Of course, our perfect... Re mm. Mm. Okay, it must be It must be emphasized that to be delivered from the power of sin merely to have our bodies liberated. Of course, our perfect redemption, which also includes the deliverance from the presence of sin, lies in the future. Not yet dealt with is the life of the soul upon which we lean. So he was talking about the body. Now he's going to begin to touch upon the soul. So our bodies are then delivered because we let the old man die. Or, or Actually, the old man is dead, but we choose to walk in that death. But now he's going to begin to point out the soul nature. Not yet dealt with is the life of the soul upon which we lean. If we consider victory over sin as life in the highest plateau, then we are most foolish. If we are accepting the annulling or withering the body as life supreme, but ignoring the fact that over and above the body of sin stands the natural soul, which requires as much dealing as the body, a believer's spiritual odyssey is bound to be shallow if he only knows the body unemployed. Wonderful as that may be, but fails to experience the soul life tonight. So now he's going to begin to transfer us from the understanding of this body being disemployed to now we also got to walk and get in the way from our soul life being the dominant factor. Mention was made earlier of the Mention was made earlier of the active self, active self, a soul engaged in the work of God. The body may be with it, but the soul remains quite active. It may express itself in many different ways, yet it invariably centers upon itself. Now, before he was, again, we're going back to what he's talked about before, self-righteousness, good deeds, all these things are emanating from the soul. All these are directors from my soul, not from God. And this also needs to be dealt with. The body may be with it, but the soul remains quite active. It may express itself in many different ways, yet it invariably centers upon self. Believers who live in the soul incline towards either will or mind or emotion. Those are the aspects of the components that make up the soul. Our mind, our will, and emotion. They may even shift in their inclinations. But though outward appearance may differ, the inward clinging to the soul characterizes them all. Those who are dispossessed towards volition will walk according to their own delight and refuse the will of God. 
Those whose propensities toward mine will order the way according to their own wisdom and neglect to receive with quietness the guidance of the Holy Spirit and intuition. Well, those who are natural disposition is emotional will seek for pleasure in their feelings. So right now, Jesus is, he's basically breaking down the three categories. And if you're walking in one, one or more, or who, whichever does of that aspect of your soul life, your mind, your will, your emotions, this, again, I'm going to repeat what, what you're leaning toward, okay? Those who are dispossessed toward volition, okay, will walk according to their own delight and refuse the will of God. In other words, your will. You're going to walk according to your own delight and refuse the will of God. Those whose propensities toward mine, in other your thought life, will order their way according to their own wisdom and neglect to receive with quietness the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Your thought life. Those whose natural disposition is emotional will seek pleasure in their feelings, your emotions. Whatever's one's bent, each will view his tendency as life supreme. No matter the direction of the inclination, one thing is common to all, all such people. All living themselves, all living what they naturally possess before believing the Lord, whether talent, ability, eloquence, cleverness, and here's Arthur's favorite one, attractiveness, zealousness, or whatever. I'm repeat that again. No matter the direction of the inclination, one thing is common to all such people. They all live in themselves, all live in what they naturally possess before believing in it. We all got natural skills. We all have natural talents. And it's not saying there's something wrong with that. But, again, we just have to get things in the proper order. Why would God give you natural talents and skills and abilities if he doesn't want, them, want you to use them? So we're not trying to say, well, now I'm going to just sit here and just be spirit man or woman. and that. No, 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 not God gave you these things. But they need to be in subjection to him. That's all he's really saying. And because he says one thing, he said your gifts will make what for you? Room. Room from you will bring you before great men. Yes, it, yes, it will. But if you use it, if you don't exalt your gifts above God. Amen. And using it for, and see now, okay, now wait a minute, wait a minute. All right, this is the thing. You just said something. And this is the written, and this is why the Holy Spirit has to, has to teach you the word of God. What did you just say about your gift? What, again? It'll make room to bring you before great men. That's just it. Okay, so but now this is the fine print. I'm just using that as a cliche. If your gift is used in subjection and according to bring about his covenant purposes, then it will definitely bring you before a great man. It will make room for you and bring you before a great man even if it's not, but again, I want you to begin to see what I'm what I'm saying. Because see we can still use our gifting for our own purposes. But when our gifting is used for God's purposes, then that's that's the that's the the the, the uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for the um mm, I can't think of the word for it. But that that's a difference because look at look at a lot of our athletes, their giftings. Look at a lot of our seniors, entertainers, their giftings. 
our businessmen, their giftings. So now because they, they exercise and they fine-tune and they work out their giftings, they get to a certain level of, 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 of achievement. But now... This is the thing, and this is what so what we have to learn, spirit, soul, and body. You're walking, and again, and I'm not knocking that because in that realm, that's what it's chosen for. But perfect example, you can have a, 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 a highly talented singer like Beyonce, but when it comes to the word of God and singing God's, God's gift songs, she's not anointed to do that. It's going to be a song. And if you've ever heard the difference of someone being anointed to sing God's praises than someone singing God's praises, oh, there's a difference. There's a big difference. There's a big difference. And so, and again, and again, this is just stuff that we have to learn. And then we have to realize that even though we have these gifts and things of the nature, if not those that we are entitled to a oh. degree, you know. Some people take their giftings and, and think that their gift is, is you're supposed to do this for them. No, 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 no. You're, we're not supposed to do anything for you. Because in the fact, some people exalt themselves and, and pride and say, oh, I'm a senior. In fact, my contractor went off Sunday. I told you about the thing that was going on with the little pastor's daughter and all this stuff. She didn't want to participate in the unit of uh, the group singing. They want to be spotlighted. I put them on there and let them be spotlighted. But they had beautiful voices. And all they do was, what it says, it'd be like a tinkling, uh, a, a sounding brass, a tinkling cymbal. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Because it didn't move nobody else. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. a difference. We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, we, 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 sometimes we take our gifts or our talents and, and we exalt them higher than God, or we, 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 we get big-headed, should I say, as old people would say. Um, you get the big-heads about your performance. You get the big-heads about this or whatever. And so then, like when the program after, you, you really direct that choir, you talk to them well. No, give God the glory to that. Give God the glory because I wanted to quit. Mm. Just a few days before it, I'm talking about like three, four days before the cantata. I'm, hey, and I told the pastor, I'm done. I, I don't think I want to do it. And so the thing he said, all right, so go on and let, do what you got to do. He said, this is your ministry. Mm. And, and, you, and you direct the choir, you teach the choir, you direct whatever. You do whatever you do. But the thing is, people don't understand in being humble with your gifts it, it, it that that's that's the key point. You be humble with them. Uh huh. Beyonce could turn out the Super Bowl, but then again, can you move the children of God closer to Him through your singing? Man, come on now. Come on, you said a mouthful there. Can you do that? Can I stop there for a little bit? That. You could be the second of but what about in the spiritual realm? Now, Arthur, can I step in for a little bit on that one? You sure can. Okay. Now, I don't know how many people caught on to her lemonade um, CD and um, video, but those are satanic. They're not of God. Okay. 
And see, the thing of it is, especially for the one, uh, was, was I think the name of the song was I'm Sorry, where it's got her, her backup dancers and singers dressed up like these little demons. And that's very familiar over in um, Louisiana part of America. And see, and they're sitting up there chanting, and they're not chanting for a good. And Beyonce does have good potential for how she's working it. She's making it too much about herself. Okay, let's go here since we're on live. Now, she has a beautiful voice. If she could sell millions of albums, she could sell our concerts, she could do all these things again. But the one thing she's lacking in her talent, this is just me. <coughs> Favorite movies that I like is The Fighting Temptations. Uh-huh. I can take everybody in their entire music and their dialogue, but when she gets talking, I'm like, oh my God, somebody taking a speech class. Okay. And other people said that about her too. It's not like so. So we need to know what our calling is. Mm hmm. I I can't deliver the message like Sam does on this phone, and I'm not trying. I'm not gonna try. I, but one thing about it, what I have to offer, I bring it with sincerity and with fullness. And then, and before I even if he asks me to pray for something, like get to do it, I'm gonna ask the Lord, Lord, can you give me permission to pray for for this person or pray on this behalf? That's the reason why I do a, a, a pause before, because I want the permission to come from him. Because other words, all I'm doing is to be doing head head words. Right. You see what I'm saying? Instead uh-huh. of, like when Felicia prayed this morning, Felicia came from within. The Lord gave her birthing in her spirit and her heart and her soul and brought that up. I don't know how many people heard her pray this morning. But that prayer, if it didn't minister to you or minister to Sam or whomever else was on this call listening, it ministered to me because it's what I needed to hear. Uh huh. It's a difference. She even probably paused and yield somewhat in her prayer, or even when Sam was praying, whatever. It he paused and he he yielded. And he and he 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 waited to the Lord, or and she waited to the Lord gave them utterance. Because the word does teach you says a, a wise man studies how to speak. Right. You gotta so be mindful of his word. Exactly, exactly. Now you you just, you with me now? Mindful of just his like, word, not your words. He is. Just like with Obama, if you ever see Obama speak, his words flow ever so eloquently when he's when 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 he's when he's saying his speeches. But then when he goes into his regular dialogue of speaking, he's searching for the right words to say to keep others from trying to twist it into something away out of what he's meaning it to mean. Well, you know, man gonna find a way either way because of the fact whether they like you or not, that's what they gonna do. Okay, this is true. This is true. But because I, I had noticed that a couple of times I've seen Obama talk, 
when he's doing a speech, it flows. But when he's talking from him, it's almost like he has a speech impediment or either, um, but he's really searching for the right words to cut down on confusion of what he's trying to get across. And then those things that the Lord wants you to say is people with his speech impediments. Look how um, the Lord used Abram when Mo- Moses had a speech impediment. He couldn't go and deliver the words to Pharaoh. He used Abram, his brother, as his mouthpiece. Right. But but he worked his works through Moses. Right. And I agree with that. So there is a ram in the bush for all of us if we just pray exactly. and we ask the Lord forward. Right. He said he was always available to us. Just like Sam just said, half of the churches are not preaching or the people who go to church do not hear these things. Under the, it's not being taught in the, in, in, the, in the churches among the congregations to the parishioners because of the simple fact they're going by off-head jobs. But the Lord gonna give us what we need to. We might we we we're not hearing it in the churches, but the Lord used bookstores. He used you. He used uh, Maria, Marie. He used Sam. He used Felicia. He used Pam. He used Erica. He used me. He used all the other parishioners that come on this call to be fed in the, in the morning time, so they can walk according to what the word of the Lord says. And he's going to get his point across either way it go. And so even through these readings, if we're listening, not hearing, I'm listening to what is being spoken and praying and getting an understanding of what's being taught, then that will change our thought pattern, our mindset. The mindset is what keeps us growing. Either you could be in a fixed mindset, well, this is what I believe, and this is what I'm going to stand on, and this is the way it was been taught. This is what the pastor said. This is blah, 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 blah. But the Lord got much more to say to you if you are listening. And I agree with that. Even my students, when they did their competition in the engineering thing, and I'm teaching about um, potential energy and kinetic energy, how we how energy is not create, created nor destroyed, how it's transferred from one thing, one thing, another. And when you're dealing with physics and things of that nature, it's always an application that you got to follow. They didn't see it till they actually came in there and had to invent their own creation. And when they came up with their own creation, the Lord made room where they were victorious, and they won. Now I get it, Mr. Richardson. Now I get it. So that's how I was sharing with one of my co-teachers who was my former department head over the Woodlawn, one of my theater schools. She said, Richardson, I'm just glad to know that there's some kids out there that are still teachable. And I didn't get it at first, but then again, after I sat there, I pondered over about a no, minute or two I as she was speaking. It. Just, you came in here that day. I took. I just. I'm so sorry about that. And 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 and, and then they saw it. Application. When we apply the word of God to our lives, action is what brings back bring light to our understanding. 
I could teach science all day long. I could teach you about the cell. I could teach you about the cell theory. I could teach you about every organelle of the cell, how it's supposed to work, how it's supposed to function, according to what man says. But until you actually get out there and you see it actually performing and doing those things, then you're not going to understand it. Because in other words, it's just like me. If I'm taking a test, I'm, I can write down the words that I remember that the book says. But the thing is, but when I actually apply it and I can put it in my own words, it makes sense to me. Right. So application. Application. We have to real practice life. and put the word of God into action. Right. So that's going to real time application. And in order to get there, too, we also have to go by and get ourselves where I where 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 we also go also follow God's specification. Hit those different levels right around. Exactly. Right. So, you know, and um, I only say this because I'm into computers, and it's down to the point of this. In order you want to put up a new software or either app or either operating system, first you got to implement in your specifications and how it lines up. And does it line up for what you're trying to put on it for it to perform? And we just got to, as um, the Bible states, we have to be about our words. Not just saying a word, but be about it. Inside and out. Believing it. Believing right. that every word of God is true. It has already right. been tested and tried. Although we live in 2016, getting ready to go in 2017, there's nothing new upon this earth that has already been done. Nothing. Nothing. Sam, you went through reading. Go on. I'm sorry for, for breaking that up and Bro. everybody else who's listening. No problem. <clears throat> sorry about that, guys. Hello. Hello. <clears throat> Okay, where we at? Mention was made earlier of the active self or soul engaged in the work of God. The body may be withered, but the soul remains quite active. It may express itself in many different ways, yet it invariably centers upon self. Believers who live in the soul incline towards either will or mind or emotion. They may even shift in their inclinations. But though outward appearances may differ, the inward clinging to the soul categorizes them all. Those who are dispossessed towards the volition walk according to their own delight and refuse the will of God. Those who propensities towards mind will order their way according to their own wisdom and neglect to receive with quietness the guidance of the Holy Spirit and their t- intuition. While those whose natural disposition is emotional will seek, pl- seek for pleasures in their feelings. Whatever one's bent, each will view his tendency as life supreme. No matter the direction of the inclination, one thing is common to all such people. All living themselves, all living what they naturally possess before believing the Lord, whether talent, ability, eloquence, cleverness, attractiveness, zealousness, or whatever. In principle, soul life is natural strength. In manifestation, its expression is either by stubborn unyielding or by self-conceit or by pleasure-seeking. I'm going to repeat that again. In principle, 
Soul life is natural strength. Manifestation is expression either by stubborn unyielding, self-conceit, or pleasure-seeking. Stubborn unyielding, I'm going to do what I want to do. Self-conceit, I'm the man, I'm the woman. Or by pleasure-seeking, ever makes me feel good. If therefore a believer lives by his soul, he will draw naturally upon his reservoir of strength, will exhibit a particular strength in one or more of these ways. Unless the believer offers his soul life to death, he should cultivate that life, incur the displeasure of God through the Holy Spirit. And that's the lesson for today. All right, then. You know what? What's really interesting, I was listening to y'all, except for like the last five, ten minutes. But um, what I thought was interesting was some of the things Arthur was saying and um, about the gifts and calling of each person. But it's something how we have to we have to determine who is trying to use our gift. Mm. The fact we've been we've talked on the, on the line of who are you who are you listening to what voice we got to determine who's using our gift. After y'all mm. were talking about Beyonce, they were talking about Obama. It's like, who's using your gift? Is it you? Is it the is it the God of this world, or is it the Most High God? There mm. is three different people, three different beings that will use your gift. And so it's like, like for instance, I had a coworker. He was very, um, he was very. Uh, Charismatic, very charismatic. You know, whenever he spoke, people were just drawn to his vernacular and his mannerisms and everything. Well, he used he used his gift to have affairs. He used his gift to get promotions at the job, but when it came to using his gift for God. You didn't see him, even though he knew God. He never used his gift for God. Mm. So it's like, okay, the same thing with Beyonce. When Beyonce first came out, Beyonce was in the church, and you heard an anointing on her, on her voice. But then, as she was led astray by the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, now. You could feel how her music moves you. It's not a spiritual move. It's a physical move. So now instead of you going and it's inspiring you to do better, it's actually inspiring you to be angry and not uh, spiritual at all. And the same thing with um, Obama. Before his speeches inspired you to do better, better for your community, better for your neighborhood and things like that. 
But as time has gone on, his 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 teachings um, don't inspire you to be a community. They don't inspire you to do better as a people. So it's just like you have to now the hearer, the hearer of words needs to determine is, it, is that person speaking to me? Is it? the God of this world speaking to me, or is it the most high God that's speaking to me? And then act or react accordingly. Because everything you hear is not for your good. Exactly. Itching ears, itching ears. That's That's why I see it. Itching ears. It tickled my ears so it sounds good at the time, and that's what I'm going to follow. That's what a lot of people are following after nowadays. You know? Well, you know, just you because you know, if Obama come and speak to us, we're going to listen to him because of the popularity and because he was once president or he still is president right now. But the thing is, if he had been a commoner such as you or me or Sam or, or Renee, how many are going to stop and listen to what you got to say? Exactly. Exactly. Good morning, everybody. I wasn't going to. Good morning. Hi. Good um, morning. Okay. Good to hear everybody's voice. I just, it's good to hear your voice, too. I haven't heard it in a while. I pray all is well with you. Yes, everything's well. <laughs> and, uh,. I wasn't going to say anything. You all know uh, how I am. I always like to bring the real um, to it, everything. Um, and, and, you know, I was listening to uh, the call for the past probably 10 minutes or so. And, um, I mean, and, and we have to remember, and it's exactly like what you all just said about um, listening, you know, to whom we listen. Um, and we have to understand and remember that there is a, a very deliberate plan uh, as far as as who we hear and what we are listening to. They they decide who will be elevated to the point where the masses can be heard, uh, or excuse me, where the masses can hear a particular person. Um, it is very deliberate, and it is very it's very um, Kind, if you will, and we have to remember that there are people who study trends. You know, whatever is. Oh my goodness! Can somebody go on mute, please? Okay. Can you all hear me? Yes, I hear you. Oh, oh okay. Because it sounds like somebody. All I hear is like clanging. Um, okay. <clears throat> but. You know, it's very deliberate and it's very time, and and um, we have to we have to use discernment. We have to understand and not put our heads up under the pillows and bury our heads in the sand as far as what's really going on. We talk so much about about um, you know what we fight against, and you know the person, the power, the air, and and uh, principalities and you know, wickedness, the rules, and how like we talk about that stuff. We say it, but I think that sometimes we see it all in such abstract, you know, but it's serious and it's real. It's very real, and it manifests itself 
in human and physical form. And we we will continue to be eaten up if we do not if we do not pray for and use our power and tool of discernment so that we are not led astray. We have to understand how the enemy works and how he puts people in place and how he chooses those people and who the princes of the power of the air really are in human and physical form. You know, we can't continue to look at this stuff in abstract, like it's poetic, like it's just poetry. It's not. It's real. It's real. I was listening to something last night um, where a Jewish uh, filmmaker, well, the person that had spoken was a Jewish filmmaker, and the filmmaker actually said how they decide what movies we see, what we hear on the radio, every all the media that is indoctrinating or that is influencing us as adults and our teenagers, our babies. And they said that there is a, a, in, um, a group of people in media, like filmmakers and radio station people, owners, whatever, and they meet and they have these meetings at different places and they look at the trends. They look at the trends and then they decide which way that they want the trends to go. Mm-hmm. And that's what they that's what they put out. You know, they a lot more things are, are created than what we actually see. And so that's why we have to we have to decide, you know, what we're gonna open up our like what you all just said, what we're gonna open up our ears to, what we're gonna just because some stuff comes on T V doesn't mean we gotta turn it on. Just because some mess comes on the radio doesn't mean that we have to turn it on. You know, we have, that's why God gives us the power of wisdom and the power of discernment so that we can make decisions in that regard. Mm-hmm. So that's all. I'm off my soapbox. I just wanted to say that, you know, my thing is, you know, and will continue to be, that we have to stop looking at this stuff in the abstract and look at it like it's just beautiful words and then it's powerful. Mm, that's tight. You know, like it's a really good place. And we have to mm-hmm. understand that this that this stuff is that is real and we have to be willing to open up our eyes to see what is really going on and understand that this stuff that that these that these that the enemy flows and works through human beings and that this stuff is not a joke. All right. I'm going back on mute. But you know what? When thing, good morning, Lisa, and it's good to hear your voice as well. But you know what? The thing is, God give us choices. That's the best. That's what I like about it. He gives you the choice of whose report are you going to believe. And the thing is, in choosing our size of whose report we're going to believe. We need to pray and ask the Lord for that wisdom, for the discernment, as you all just so so graciously spoken. Then we when, 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 and, and sit down and don't go so hastily and act upon that which we think. After we just because we pray, Lord, give me discernment what to do. Give me discernment what to believe. Give me discernment who or what. what da, 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 da. You got to sit still for a minute and let, before you act. You've got to study that thing. 
Because if you act you if you act too hurriedly, you're gonna miss somewhere, you're gonna get sidetracked somewhere along the way. So that's what we, we, we as 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 mm. as people of faith or people of believers, as Christians, as, as God fearing people have to learn to do. Take out the time and give the Lord a chance to answer. He may not answer you in one minute. He may not answer you in ten minutes. He may not even answer you in the next hour. It might be a day or a week or down the road before he gives you the answer to what you've asked for. But we got to be patient enough. And how many of us really have patience to decide to, to, to do what is right? Like I, was, like I was saying, I wanted to quit the cantata. I wanted to just leave the whole thing alone. But then again, after days went on, days went on, and days went on, and I looked at it, and my sister kept saying, all right, so we didn't put too much time and effort into this here. And, and to come into rehearsals and sacrificing our time, you mean, Tim, you're going to quit on us now? And in my mind, it says, right then, done for me. I'm kaput. Done, die, die, die. I don't have to see y'all no more, blah, 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 blah. But as time went on, I'm hearing her voice, and I'm hearing my older sister's voice. And then, and I had to think about it. These people sacrifice their time to do the work of God. So honestly, if you stop doing what you're doing, they're not going to get a chance to worship and praise the Lord in the life that they desire to do or what the Lord has given them to do. So out of obedience, I had to go on with the cantata in order for it to, so that they can serve the Lord in the light that he has given to them under my leadership. And if I quit, wouldn't I have been a poor leader? Yeah. Who was going to listen to me at that point? Who was going to follow me if I come back to do something else? Even if I had to stand up and just make a speech or, or to even do a welcome or occasion or even to teach a class, who's going to listen to me? Because I acted too hurriedly, and it wasn't God's will. And by being in that position right there, or even by Felicia teaching the morning, Monday morning's lesson, or Felicia doing the Wednesday morning's lesson, and Sam doing the everyday lesson, including on Sundays, I feel the struggle and the pain. This was my first hurrah with this thing right here. In fact, it's probably about like six, seven. I've been doing it for over 20 years, but actually doing a program to that magnitude. I feel the frustration. I feel the pain that they go through each and every day in preparation. Because preparation is a hurtful thing, too, because it's time-consuming. It gets in your head and your mind, and it kind of messes with you. And when somebody comes from out of left field and throws a a side ball to you that you can't catch, it's frustrating. Or something that that's not even supposed to even been there, it's frustrating. And and, and and I I feel the the hurt and the pain on preparing that the preparation that they do, that they go through. It's totally different me preparing for my lesson for class because this is something I've studied and I've matriculated on. I've, I've been prepared for for a number of years. But when you come to do the work of God, you got to make sure that every dot, is, every I is dotted, every T is crossed, and then you got to do your homework. 
You got to study to show yourself approve a workman who need not be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. Because you don't want you or we to be held accountable for how we teach these lessons or or whatever we doing for the Lord. And if especially if it leads a person astray, he he or she goes the wrong way. That's hard. That's hard work. That's the hardest job I know that you can have. And I commend y'all. Kudos to you, Felicia. Kudos to you, Lisa and Sam, and the many other parishioners that come on this call here and break bread and share. Kudos to you, Erica and Maria, Maria, and, and, and Sherry and Renee. Kudos to all of you all because that's a hard thing. That is that is hard, and it leaves you exhausted. It leaves you drained. But I don't want to do that. I'm just going to put it out there. I don't want to do it. So, Sam, don't ask when you're going to teach a lesson because I'm not. Because <laughs> you know you staying in your lane. <laughs> well, then I'm telling you right now, put a stop sign before your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't said nothing. I didn't say nothing about a yield sign. I didn't say a caution light. I said a stop. That means come to a complete halt. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, Lord. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, man. I can feel your pain. I know it hurts in, in the lower lumbar portion section of your back when you're preaching and, and you're teaching, and especially when the Spirit of God comes across you, which you don't feel it while you're doing it. But when you come up out of that spirit and you, and you have to deal with the physical, your body is restless. Your body is drained of energy and strength. That's a hard job. The hardest job I ever know. <sighs> me even talking about it need me to get my ass my palm. Hey, Sam. Mr. Farley. Yeah, I'm here. Go ahead. Okay. When you started this, were you asked or did you volunteer? You talking about the prayer line? Yeah. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like you lost that answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Asking again, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm going back on you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, anyway, let's just say it's something that evolved. That's about the easiest answer I can give you. Okay. The reason, reason why I was asking you, because I, I told you all that I help out at a food pantry a couple of days a week. And um, I wanted to say on Tuesday, someone was asking me uh, about how did I come to help out the food pantry. And I said, well, my neighbor, who's one of your um, parishioners, they told me that she needed help. So then they said, well, oh. And so she asked you, and then you just came on, huh? I said, no, she didn't ask me. I told her if she needed help, come by and get me. 
I said, so as I keep telling you all over here, I'm a volunteer. Okay, so yesterday we were working at passing out the food bags for people. And we have a couple of other parishioners, and they call themselves being slick. So where we needed them to get down heavy boxes and stuff like that, they kept on disappearing. But then when it came time to clean up, they would start asking me, oh, I want this, I want that. I said, did you ask the person that's over this if you can have it? No, but um, well, yeah, she said, I can have it, I can have it. I said, okay, well, if she asked that you can have it, why are you asking me? Well, I, I, I was, this is what she said. I said, well, you know something, I need to go upstairs and check with her. So then um, I said, now, what is it that you're looking for? So one person's holding on to a bottle of grape juice. The other one, he's hugging a bottle of grape juice but then asking for a box of oatmeal. So I said, okay, you want oatmeal, but I also take it you want grape juice too. He said, yeah. I said, okay, because you're hugging on that bottle pretty tight. And so... He said, but she said, I said, well, if she said that you, uh, like I said, let me go upstairs and I want to hear from her mouth to my ears, okay? So then when I'm going upstairs, I'm hearing, I don't know why she's holding on to all of this anyway, and blah, 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 blah. Okay, so then I come back downstairs, and she told me that the one guy, he could take a box of oatmeal, and the juice wasn't being given out right now. So then they said, well, why is she holding on to this? But see, just before I went upstairs, she told me that she said to you that you can have it. And so I said, look, she said many a time that all of this stuff down here isn't, all the food down here isn't for the food pantry. It's some, for some of the other ministries, and they have to pay for it. So everything is not down here for the food pantry. She said that many times. Well, I don't understand. I said, you know something? I'm the wrong person to talk to. She's the head of this ministry. I'm not. I'm just a volunteer. And so they walk away grumbling, and um, I had let her know. And she was like, I said, you know something? I said, you got some people here looking for you not to succeed. But if this is your ministry, you stand, you stand tight to it because the closer you get to making it, where it was, where it once was, you're gonna have some people who's gonna try to seek, that's gonna try to knock you off your focus. And I said, and what I just seen, I already saw that they're trying to go through me in order to tear you down, which I'm not gonna let happen. So that's why I was asking you, Sam, for you doing this, and you said that you have to pull yourself, you have to really stretch yourself, you have to be second or third cousin to a saltwater taffy pool. Were you, did you volunteer or were you asked? The prayer line evolved over a variety of different things. So. Uh-huh. But what? But 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 what? But what? But what was it that cracked the the shell on your seed to open up for it? You said what was it? The what? 
what cracked the outer shell of your seed for you to open up for it? Well, I mean, basically this is what happened. You had a group of people who were struggling and going through a whole lot of things. And um, at the time I was fasting and praying, and when I got back in from California, uh, two people asked if they could fast and pray for me at the same time. Uh, it caught me off guard, like, okay, sure. I had it. I knew it was from God, and so I did it. From that evolved, I was reading different books and stuff, and um, we make a long story short, at the whatever it was breaking down the different times of the day, and um, at the different times of the day mean different things, and so we went went through this 20-day fast, where this 20-day fast turned and where we would come together and pray that 20-day fast turned into the prayer line. So that's how that happened. Oh, okay. So you let yourself be available. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, okay. Well, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. It's every day. I appreciate it every day. What'd you say, Felicia? I said I appreciate it every day. Every day. We all do. And see, and then you you reach that, and see, little things like that, encouragements. That's what keep people going on and going on. Because I'm not gonna say if you do it, that we wouldn't have a prayer call to. Uh, attend or to uh, assemble ourselves with, however, it would not be to this magnitude where we all could. This is a free will offering, and 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 to freely come and to examine, to investigate, to research, to the scriptures, and to share light and feed each other. Because you know, most prayer lines, like the one that I'm on at six o'clock in the morning, is always the worship leader who's doing everything. But then this is the one that we are all able to um, bring something to the table for, in preparation for the meal. Amen. 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 That mm-hmm. is so true. That is so true. Arthur, you are so Amen. right. Most prayer calls, um, and I've been on a, a, a few of them, and usually it is. You just you email, I mean, you text, you email, uh, you text or email or state your prayer request, and and it's the one person prays for everything, for everybody, and that's it. There is no teaching. There is no sharing. You know, there is no reading of the um, the stuff, the readings. There ain't none of that. And that's the thing, is that we are all uh, able to, because each, each one. So, by all teaching each other, it, you know, Sam, is the Lord has given this, this is his baby. And and, and, and we are being fed by the, by the fruit that the Lord has, has given. But I, I love the humbleness about it because of simple fact, he's not afraid to yield his position or his authority to listen to someone else. It's always one-sided. And a one-sided conversation, who's learning of, learning from it other than that person? Because you know, he doesn't see himself I'm, as a leader. He sees himself as just a person, just like us. So, who, you know, he doesn't see himself right. as a leader, right? He doesn't view really? himself that way. 
Well, actually, you are a leader, so you might as well just. Yeah, we know that. You don't want it. <laughs> we all know you don't that. Want... But he, he doesn't. <laughs> you know, I was and it, it, it like when I, he and he invited me onto because I had, I was estranged from Sam over twenty plus years, and through the need, there was a Lacalas website they got for people who would school us and everything, and he and I started communicating. And I was telling him that I was attending. I think I was doing Bible class or something. I don't know. I was in graduate school or something. And he asked me would I be willing to participate in a prayer call. I'm like, sure. You know, anytime somebody offered me something to learn a little bit, something about the Lord or, or the Lord's Word, to study the Lord's Word, I'm, I'm open to it. You know, a lot of people run from them. Uh, when people, they get afraid and run from them. Like even my grandmother was Jehovah's Witness, first of all. Let me just go and put that out there for free. <laughs> and, uh, and and my grandmother, that's how I learned how to read, period, because she would make us sit down and do daily readings every morning. We couldn't do anything after we cleaned up. the. Well, we didn't have to clean up much no more to take a bath and make up the bed if I wash dishes after she made breakfast. But we had to have Bible class every day. And a lot of people run from Jehovah Witnesses and that other thing. I'm like, but, and, and if you have never really sat down and studied with them, you don't realize that we are talking about the same God. It's just different things that they don't do. They don't celebrate, you know, they don't celebrate the Christmas uh-huh. and, and the birthdays and things of that nature. But they do acknowledge Easter and the thing of that nature. And they, they go out, they drink, they party, do everything everybody else does. And everybody don't see them in that light. And but and and I've studied throughout my years, and even even as an adult. And the thing is, they people run from them. I went to a bap, baptized as a Baptist, attended Pentecostal service, worked with the Episcopalians, went to a Presbyterian college, studied with Jehovah's Witnesses. I, you know, all of them, and all uh-huh. of them have come in and talk about Jesus. You know. And I'm not. I haven't tried Muslim, and I don't think I want to try them. <laughs> I'm sad, sad to say, but um, and that's the one thing. Like what Sam was talking about, there's gifts and your gifts, and your giftings, and the things of that nature. I got a niece got a got a voice like Maria, and um, she's very anointed in the things. And and she got to the point where I'm not gonna say I'm not. I said the Lord gave you that gift and that talent to praise Him. And I had to let her know, even though you're studying with the witnesses and stuff, you have not joined them. It's your job to praise God with your voice. I said, the Lord says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye land. And so even when I'm talking with the Joe witnesses, I said, they come about, well, Arthur, you've been in this thing so long. Why don't you just go on and join? I said, because the one thing about it, one thing that I do find, uh, I'm not saying it's false, is that you all don't use the instruments that God created to praise a song. Y'all sing about a record. Then y'all music, to me, first of all, ain't joyful. <laughs> I, I'm sorry to say it. It's not joyful. And to me, it's, and, and it just don't move my spirit. And so I had to talk to my niece about it. So, and when she started back singing, she sang last year, but she, when she said, Uncle, I'm starting to see my gift. She said, I love singing, and I have I have a saint in a minute to just really, really, really sing, sing, sing. And now her, her spirit has been pricked where she know she got to use her voice to edify and glorify God in music. And so these things, you know, each one of us have to keep each other 
in the word of God, obeying the word of God, studying the word of God, being in tuned with the word of God, and seeking the Holy Spirit. And that's what I get off these calls. That's the reason why I get so upset when I can't get it at work like I got it last year. I'm not saying every year going to be the same. But but then again, we have a, a, a joyful time. One thing happened last Thursday. They had the Christmas program at my school, beautiful program, first one there since I've been at this school, and I've been there about five years. The Spirit of God came up in that school, you all, I'm telling you, in front of the parents, in front of the assembly of the students and the teachers and, and the many other people that came. The Lord used those children in a way that was so powerful. My sister principal is the pastor of this big church. He was supposed to just get up there and made remarks. When he got there, and I got it on 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 on, on my phone, videotaped it. When I say that that when I say Negro, and I don't mean to be offensive, he preached, and to the point he shot it all across the stage. So God can use us anywhere, in any time, in any place. So we have to know that the walk that we're walking is in line with his will. And then we have to be obedient and not suppressing the spirit because someone else might be touched by what is being done or said or the move of God that is going on through our actions and our walk and our talk. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of us quench that spirit because we're afraid, ooh, I'm going to be offensive if I say this. I've been saying But then again, you don't know who you may be touching. You may be changing the mindset back to that mindset. If you're going to continue to grow, you've got to have that growth mindset and put yourself in that growth mindset. Not fearful of what might happen. Because if you're doing it in the will of God to what God has ordained you to do, ain't nothing going to happen to you at all. Mm. Good morning, Arthur. Good morning, Eric. I so miss your voice. I knew you couldn't sit there long enough. That's not Eric. This isn't Erica. This is Pam. <laughs> oh, good Where All of y'all sound like I heard our voices so long. That's, oh, well, that's, a, a, that's better than saying we all look alike. Um, but I want to touch on <laughs> on what you were saying about, you know, like how you never know um, how something will, like, touch someone um, and how people are afraid to, to speak up. But, you know, it only takes one to, to, get, to get it started. Because, um, like you say, a lot of people are like, you know, oh, I'm, it might be offensive or, or um, I might hurt somebody's feelings, or people might not respond to me. But you know, a lot of times when 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 that one person just just gives in to it and um and speaks on it, then you know you just be amazed at how it just like opens the door and relaxes everyone and allows everyone else to to feel it and to to share as well. And it made me think specifically. Last year, um, Lisa hosted a um, a women's conference, and it wasn't um, like advertised as a Christian women's conference because she didn't want to 
um, exclude anyone who wanted to to attend based you know based on their religion or anything like that. But God showed up in that room and He showed out. It, mm. it started with with her mom when she did like the opening prayer and. It just like went from there, and and then with the speakers and and what they were sharing, and and it was affecting other women um, in the in the room, and you know we had to minister to some women because it just you know what was being said and what was being shared just affected them so deeply that you know women were breaking down in tears. It it, it just takes one to to get it started and to open up the door for it to spread and and affect everyone. And you and you said some women started breaking down in tears. And in my spirit, it was me and saying to me, burdens was being lifted. Strongholds yep. was being broken, chains was being broken, shackles was being released off the ankles of feet that had people bound. See, that's what we got to do. Mm. And see, I didn't think of it to that to that level though, but but you're right because it it freed up some things in in women. Cause, you know, a lot of times, and we've talked about it on the line before too. You know, we think that we're the only ones going through something, and so then when you hear someone else speak on it, it just it it, it like releases something in you. It gives you like an okay to to feel the way that you're feeling to and and to release it. I sit with this elderly lady. She's probably about 66 years old. She goes smoke her cigarettes every day. She's going to drink her natural lights all day. I'm going to drink my Mountain Dews all day while I'm sitting there talking to her. But she and I have some very insightful conversations. And at every time, I don't care, even with her drinking her beer and smoking her cigarettes and what have you, me drinking my Mountain Dews, as many times she pop a doggone beer, I'm popping another Mountain Dew. I just take me a whole three, four pack or whatever over there. And, and at, every, at some point, the Lord is going to enter up into that room, and he's going he's gonna to take full control of that whole setting. It's just she and I because her children don't go and visit her, not because of she drinking beer, because of the simple fact one lives a long ways off and the other one's a drug head. And she said, she said, Arthur, she said, you know, I sit back, she said, I've seen my children. She said, I have a son on drugs, and he'll go and come. He knows not to come around me. He go to jail. He knows not to call me, yeah, 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 blah, 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 bing. She had a daughter to use drugs so very abuse her body with drugs so much until the point where she ended up passing. She she's gone on and she's sleeping now, resting. And then she has this other daughter. And she and she says, you know, every time she said, I enjoy our conversations because of simple fact, you always bring something back. What the Lord says, and it's not head talk, it's things that I've studied. And 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 then even she, we can just sit down and we can bring the Lord into our conversation. So you never know whose life you're changing. And I thought about this thing, I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before yesterday, when Sam said something, though we were sitting in her house, and this guy said, every time you go to the store, all those little bombers be around there. Can you give me, they they they, they made me know it, but I'm not around the store as much as they, they go to the store near the home. said if people stop asking for change, they start asking for dollars. And the one thing I heard Sam came up in my head, he said, 
He's not worried about giving them the coins. He said, but before I give you this, can I pray for you? And that, I'm like, where did that come from? Why did that pop in my head? You know, but just think about it. If you pray for one, it might change the mindset of that individual, and that individual will get up and try and do a little something better for him or herself. You know, because I know you all, and you all live in Chicago. You know how it goes when you go to the store, you go to the market. You always got somebody out there just trying to to boost or what have you, and, and, and somebody's going to ask you for something somewhere along the, within the week. It's not that you don't want to give it to them, but and you're not so concerned about what they're going to do for it, do with it. But the point is, can I pray for you? Because if I pray for you, I think the Lord will come in, and I, in your mind, it might be in your mind and your heart if you do it. I don't know what Sam's thought was for even saying that. The joy that God would change that situation and turn it around. Where we wouldn't have to be the 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 borrower but the lender. So this what I'm I said that to say that this is where this prayer call comes for me. I can't ask you all for anything. I probably can ask you all for something when I'm in need. You probably give it to me, but I'm being given what I need to get what I need, and that's to seek the Holy Spirit and seek my God and go to Him and ask for that which I need. And He's going to make the provision because once again, there's always a ram in the bush. Stuck in the thickets, just waiting for us. Amen. This is the way it go. Well, I see. No, this is just me and my little mind. Well, Arthur, while you were saying that, because I've seen quite a few people out there uh, panhandling for money and stopping to pray for them, okay, at that point, we are following what God asked us to do, and that's to pray for these people and also to put them on altar for him to work with them. Exactly. Because... And you, you know, can tell, you you tell it, when you ask them that, now, in my mind, excuse me, I don't mean to cut you off, but... Um, if you ask them to pray for you, you'll know who's sincere. Exactly. Because they're going to stop there and they're going to listen. But if they say, well, I don't right. need you to pray for me, ask for no prayer, I ask for some money, then that's when you go all about your business. The Lord show you where you don't need to give him nothing. Mm-hmm. But it also is start making them to open up their eyes to being accountable or what part they play in. Yeah. Exactly. For, for what they're looking to be in the process. Because I've seen a couple of them, and I watched them. And um, I had one guy, he came up to me, he said, yeah. He said, I'm trying to get to so-and-so. Can I get a dollar Can I get a dollar or two from you? 
And I said, you know, I've been seeing you walk um, work this parking lot for the past five days. I was about to ask you for a loan. He looked at me in, in amazement. I said, let me tell you something. It's the very time you think nobody's watching you, somebody's watching you. Always. And he got his ass got big, and it looked like a like a demon was about to jump out of him. And then he just he just turned tail and went the other way, walking fast. But see, it's a, it's a lot of people out here. Their belief, their belief and their faith is real weak, and they think nobody's paying attention. But then, but then also they're looking for attention. And the best attention that you're going to give is for them to slow their roll. We pray for them. And they look, and they look, they look towards God. You know, what, what the cliche said, be careful about how you um, treat people because you never know when you're entertaining like angels. The angels, right. You, you never know how you'll be blessing someone else. True. You know, so. Mm. Oh, my God. And I'm, not, and I'm not saying to treat them badly, but direct them in the, but just direct them to God. Yes, 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 yes. This makes a lot of sense. You're directing them to God. And when you're directing them to God, you know he's going to take care of his children. Mm-hmm. Now, I had one I had one man came across my path, and uh, he just got some fries from McDonald's, and he wanted to drop them on the ground. He was going to try to pick them up and put them back in the container and go somewhere and eat them. But I saw him. So I'm just got on my heart to say, go get him some 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 fresh fries. So I told him, I said, did you just buy them? And he said, yeah. I said, what happened? He said, I dropped them. I said, come on, we'll get you some fresher ones. You don't need to eat these. Because where he dropped them at, I know it was a couple of dead birds over in that area. There's a couple of things that wouldn't been thinking about still being too appetizing to go with fries. And so he said, but you know, I said, look, it's up it's up to me to uplift you. So I, I can fulfill this need. So if you want some fries, I can get you some so I can get you some some hot and fresh fries. Okay, so we went back over to the McDonalds and I had bought them the fries. And like I said, when you think nobody's watching, there's somebody's watching. So when I go and get him the fries, there was a couple of people up in McDonald's. I don't know if they knew the man or if there's something he ran as a scam or what. But uh, after I got finished buying them the fries, they said, did you just buy him some food? I said, yeah, I did. And all thing the lady could say was, wow. I said, did you get him a hamburger? And she got quiet and walked away. But the only thing he asked for us to do is to share and to uplift each other. He didn't say make judgment. Remember that we are our brother's keeper. Right. 
And when you ask him to pray, I, I, I love you so much that I'm going, I'm going to pray for you. And Sam does it all the time, not just here on his list, the lady at the parking lot, the lady at the traffic light, the lady at the mm-hmm. state store, the, the lady at the hardware store, the man at the, at the, at the toll bridge hitch, you know, he does it. And, that, and he, he's made that part of his, his, his ritual, his daily prayer. Uh-huh. And so, and, and, you know, and, uh, you know, even me, if I'm riding down the road, I see somebody riding a bicycle on a very busy road, I'm like, Lord, I was, Lord, couple and let them make it to their destination. Because I don't want nothing to happen to them. I don't want to hear it in the news mm-hmm. or read the newspaper or hear about it through in and in, you know. Um, I don't want to hear it in the street talk. I want to know that they made it safely. Uh-huh. But these are the things that we have to do, you know. Mm-hmm. He praying for my classroom. I heard that's the first thing I heard on that prayer call this morning when I clocked in this morning. I'm like, wow, he's still praying for for my classroom. Then I heard him call out one of my students named Benny Free. I'm like, Lord, he's still lifting up Benny Free. And that, and that was a last year thing, which I don't know how his situation is now because he's changed schools, but I do see him from time to time. But, you know, it's just things like that. When we bring these people and lay them at the altar or, 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 or at God's feet or put it in our hearts to pray for these people, that is our assignment. And you have to recognize your right. assignment. He's praying for Lisa's class, Lisa's school, his students, Lisa and her thing. It's beautiful because that way we know she's being kept. Mm-hmm. Or they are being kept, or we're being kept, should I say? I mean, they're not just single out one person. We all are being kept because he's lifting each and every last one of us. That's the reason why is that he's part of my private prayer life. No, Sam, you don't have to get worried that I make. I pray that you look a little bit better. That ain't on it. You know, but Morgan away from school, that baby needs covering at all times. She's in a strange land. She's studying in a strange area. She's studying in strange works that's, that's never been known to her. So that's a good thing. But I just thank God for it. God knows. What, and look how he assembled all of us because we are all birds that recognize the same call. And that's the passion and the love for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and his heavenly Father to do their will. So that's what's beautiful about it. We all recognize the song because we all understand the same language. We all understand the same need that that it is for to study his word. To be fed by his word. Now, it's funny that you use uh, bird as your example, because I just came across something yesterday, and it was talking about how this, how the crow had admired the dove. But then in the meantime, the dove had told the crow that he, remi- that he admired the uh, robin because of his red breast. Okay, so in turn, the robin had told the dove that he admired the peacock 
because of its rich and vibrant color. Okay, so then the crow went to go see the peacock, and he had to go to the zoo. And so the crow had said to the peacock, you know, you must be really proud of yourself for all these beautiful colors and this, that, and the other. You really stand out. Well, the peacock has said to the crow, you know, I'm here in a cage where people come and look at me, and I can't fly around like I, freely like, I, like I'm supposed to. But the peacock told the crow, I admire the crow because I see you flying around freely daily. And my analogy of that is really, I, I, I said birds because, one, because when I was doing hair, and this old lady, she's resting now. That's how I made my money before I really got a job. I used to do hair. And um, not saying that it's not a job, but um, this old lady said, asked me, did I know somebody? And I'm like, Miss Bertha, how do you know I know them? And blah, 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 blah. She said, because all y'all, y'all say birds. <laughs> and that's what she said. <laughs> and you know how I said birds are the fellow flock together. And then when I went to graduate school and I had to take evolution, that was one of the sciences that I never wanted to, to take because you can't tell me that I came from a monkey. The Lord uh-huh. might have created the monkey or whatever, whatever, and, and have you some, but he said I was created out of his image, and that was one of my things, and that's the only course that I got a C out of. But, and we was talking about the ring species, how life began in Africa. Now, the, preacher, the, the teacher was an atheist, and he didn't believe in mm-hmm. God, and then I don't want to speak of God, but I wrote that in my paper, and as all the other three, four African Americans did. And he, he gave us a C. Because we weren't supposed to mention anything biblically in our in our research. And how when the confusion came about the about when they tried to build a tower to heaven and God caused confusion among the languages and the things of that nature and people were scattered to different far ends of the country to their little sectors or what have you, how that when they and when the salamander came back they could not recognize the other salamander and the bird could not recognize the song of the other bird. That's the reason why I use the analogy of the birds, because we all recognize the same song, and that is Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. So that's where I come up with that with that with the, with the analogy of the birds, because we recognize the the need to teach Jesus Christ as God's only begotten Son, and Jesus died for us, and he took our sins to Calvary Cross, and he bore our sins and our burdens, and that by the stripes, the whips that he took is that we are healed. That's the reason why I use those analogies, that that, that analogy right there. So whenever you Mm -hmm. hear me say we all are like birds, that's what I'm talking about. We all recognize that Jesus is Lord. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was even watching American Titan model last night, an African girl on there. It was come on like 1 or 2 o'clock at night. You know, I'm not sleepy or whatever. I ain't got nowhere to go, so I got to get up in the morning. And she was talking, and she was talking about, she said something about life began in Africa, and all the black women and the white women, all oh, they went into a hissy fit. I'm not from Africa. I'm not from Africa. I'm an African-American. Okay, think about what you just said. 
right. that right there, I'll let you know. Then the white people, oh, I'm not from Africa. And, that's, and the girl was trying to explain that to them, that all life began in Africa, and then it went off into it. I was like, oh, I wish I was on that show right now. I shut it down. I shut that whole what? segment down. Then they'll recognize that we all are from Africa. But um, right. it's just interesting. Yeah. Now, you just said something about the recess monkey and all of that, and you know the breakdown of blood types, right, between a positive and a negative? Yes, R-A-C, yes, 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 yes. Okay, and it says that for people who have positive blood types, they have that recess, that recess monkey gene in yes. their bloodline, but where the negative people don't? Yep. But I race positive, meantime, I race negative, yes. Right. And the thing of it is, is this. We're all still people. We all are. So, you know, we get so um, caught up into different classifications, but we're still our people. We're still our animals. And then at the end of the day, we're still dirt. But for some, but you know, but for um, the power of the air and down here, you know, you just got those that just want to stand out and have that power that you don't have power. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.